0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: Welcome in to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside of Joe Linville and Rick Marone. Happy to have you along on this Right. Who are
2: you, by the Welcome
3: way? Welcome back, Rick, Coach. Rick Marone. I just said that like you were
2: knocking. Security is slipping. Uh, me and uh, Kyle Powers both got through security tonight. Those guys will be reevaluated. <laughs> yes. Uh, First thing Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. Now, you guys
1: aren't supposed to, like, you know, meander around with the security people and talk with them because we don't want you guys to have, like, too good a relationship and then give you information about the show that we don't want you to have. <laughs> Yeah, that's just how this all works. But uh, nonetheless, basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Fastest three hours in radio. A lot of scores throughout the state. A lot of things happened this week that are uh, noteworthy. We'll talk uh, about uh, uh, not too detailed, but we'll talk about a fight that occurred at a game that involved eight players being ejected. Uh, We had a, a girls basketball team extend their regular season winning streak to 30 and then lose Ooh. the next time out. Wow! Lost at home for the first time in two years. Um, so we, we've got a lot to talk about here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. But, but coach, first,
2: welcome back. Glad to be back and. Uh uh, one of the things that we deal with this time of year With our show is uh, is the weather And uh, uh, that's uh, part of the reason I am back And uh, I know you all are excited to see me regardless yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, I do listen to the show When I'm not here And I call in occasionally And, uh, and try and participate But uh, I felt uh, a little... Uh, kind of uh, sensitive after last week I got a few barbs thrown at me last week from not being, not that you guys were you know, taking advantage of my absence or anything I can't believe Bill Cornwell would do that <laughs>
4: Really? I, in my defense I was not here last week I was stunned that Jordan Mouse took all
1: those cheap shots at you Coach. I, I just, I was I'm tough, I can tell <laughs> um, But yeah, you're actually scheduled to have a West Virginia hit tournament game, hometown invitational tournament Game tonight. And of course, you know, that is still, there are several games that were played, I presume, uh, this evening in that. You had the Hatfield McCoy shootout. So even though we're into the middle of January, guys, we are less than two months away from the girls' state tournament. We're about two months away from the boys' state tournament. The girls' postseason starts in a little more than a month.
2: It's hard, hard to believe it. It flies by. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it really does. For sure. And like you mentioned, a couple of the marquee events that that kind of signal the, the coming of that uh, stretch run is the Hatfield-McCoy shootout and several of the other showcase type events. And uh, uh, we've got a boatload of them tonight. And I know uh, it's going to be exciting to watch how those unfold. There is a chance that the final Hatfield-McCoy shootout game of the night won't be over when
1: we go off the air at midnight. That's, <laughs>
4: that's always a good possibility.
1: <laughs> uh, without <laughs> the historic Williamson Fieldhouse we'll will have all those scores and you know what, why even wait? What are you guys say? Is it time let's to do a scoreboard? It. It's time. Uh, Absolutely. Let's go to the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard We'll see if Coach Marone remembers how to
2: do this Coach, you get the boys scores. Looking for scores, look no more. BasketballNight.com, your one-stop shopping for high school basketball. Let's start with the boys' scores tonight, and we will start with the Half Hatfield-McCoy shootout tonight. Wyoming East gets a nice 60-44 to win over South Charleston. The Black Eagles fall to the Warriors. Scott Skyhawk, 71. Westside, 57. In the Hatfield-McCoy, two other games on tap tonight. We'll follow those. Tug Valley and Hurricane, Mingo Central and Phelps. Also tonight, Pendleton County, 49. East Hardy, 33. Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers, 47-44 winners over Midland Trail. That's a final. Parkersburg: The Big Reds come up short against Capital. The Cougars 75-54 winners. Trinity Christian 74, Clay Battelle 42. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, at the end of three, they lead GW 51-48. That one's going to go down to the wire. And Greater Beckley Christian gets a huge win over St. Joe, 108-57 the final. At the end of three... It is the end of three, but it's 28 to 20, Hampshire over Jefferson tonight. That's the end of three. Musselman, the uh, Appleman, in the fourth quarter, two minutes to go, they fell. Thi- Trail Hedgesville 45 39, Logan 69, Herbert Hoover 40, Huntington High 42 to 35 at the end of three, they lead St. Albans also at the end of three, Oak Hill 69, Independence 24, Meadow Bridge 52, Valley Fayette 39, Bluefield 45 38 over Mount View and Notre Dame. 64-59, uh, leading at this time over Wheeling Central. That's a big-time matchup there. Williamstown falls to Parkersburg Catholic, 72-58. A couple other uh, boys scores, 84-66, Princeton knocks off Pikeview. Riverside falls to Spring Valley. The Timberwolves really on a nice roll. They go to 7-2. They win 91-71 over Riverside. Spring Mills falls to Martinsburg. The Bulldogs 88-50 winners in Webster County. 106, Doddridge County 69th final, and that's a look at your boys' scores. Joe, you got the girls' scores. All right.
4: uh, Big win for the Sherman tie tonight. This one went right down to the buzzer as they knocked off the uh, Nitro Wildcats 52-51. Deja Busby for Sherman hit a layup as time expired. It was the Lady Patriots of George Washington knocking off Hurricane tonight, 72-30. Katie Darnell, 21 points in that game, also 13 rebounds for the double double. For George Washington It was Frankfurt over Bishop Walsh, Maryland 84-35 Nicholas County, the Grizzlies go to 7-3 on the season With a win over Summers County 63-57 North Marion, the Lady Huskies Over Bridgeport tonight 57-41 In a game at the half The Greenbrier East Spartans Lead Princeton 31-12 it was Wheeling Park knocking off the Jefferson Cougars on the ladies' side, 72 33. It was the Lady Cougars of Lincoln High School knocking off Philip Barber, 66 40. At the end of the third quarter, it's Wyoming East. The Lady Warriors lead Riverview, 64 19. And in a final, another close one, Tug Valley knocks off Lawrence, Kentucky, 64 63. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard.
1: We will dive into all those scores in a little bit more detail a little bit later on in the show. One of those scores from earlier, though, Wyoming East defeating South Charleston, sixty to forty-four in boys basketball in the Hatfield-McCoy shootout earlier this evening. Vic Herbert is the head coach of the South Charleston Black Eagles. He joins us now, and Coach Herbert, I know the game didn't go the way you would wish, but I have to imagine getting an opportunity to play in the historic Williamson uh, Fieldhouse—a great opportunity for your kids. Oh, we've
5: played there ever since I've been the coach at South Charleston. Uh, I guess it's been like ten years in a row. This is my tenth year there, and then, of course, the most memorable to me is when I was coaching at Logan, and we used to go down there and play Williamson down there uh, for years and years, and some. Great games, or they cram three, four thousand people in there. So I got great memories of there. Been in that building, coached in there many, many times.
1: Your basketball team falls tonight. Uh, just tell me a little bit about uh, that game against Wyoming East.
5: Um, well, they're they're a really good team, and you know, uh, uh, we we um, we struggle. We're going to struggle this year. We uh, in the past, uh, every year I've been there, we've had. Uh, some big time go to guys, you know, that could that could really get you a bucket when you needed it. You know, a few Division one sprinkled in there. You know, with Perry Henry and uh, uh, Brandon Napper, Ad Cunningham, uh, you know, Tamon Scruggs, EJ Phillips, all first team all staters And we just uh, this year, we just don't, you know, we don't have that that guy that we can go to. So it's a struggle. You know, we've been young, just a couple of seniors on the team, and you know uh uh it's been uh it's been a little different what I'm used to i've you know I'm worried that you know it's gonna be a struggle this year for us. I've never had a losing season and won eighty percent of my game since I've been coaching, so it's been a long uh, a long good streak for me and this so I guess you know things catch up and every now and then you you struggle, but we're not throwing in the towel we can improve and get better and try to get ready for uh for tournament time here in a month and a half or so. In many instances,
1: um, I mean, South Charleston is a team that's going to play a very strong schedule year in year out. Um, sometimes there's a you know a little storm before the sunshine comes out, so to speak. Uh, you talk about this team struggling a little bit, but at the same time, can this be a year that perhaps you look back on as a, a foundation type year,
5: maybe in the next year or two? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, we we've got uh we've got like I said young kids we are playing a lot of sophomores and and juniors uh sprinkled in with like I said one or two seniors. So, yeah, the future is going to be pretty good, I think. Uh it's just uh just been a struggle like I said for for this year and you know, we've been We've we've had we've had our share of good years. You know, we, we, we won the league probably at least four out of the you know, the the, the nine years count this year would be my tenth year that uh that we've been in that conference. We've we've won the league so we've won it many, many times and uh actually had a forty game uh league winning streak that lasted about three years here a few years back. Uh So you know that was something else to win that many in a row in our conference, which is a a really tough conference with you know Beckley and Capital and GW and a lot of those schools. So, uh, but it's just you know when you're used to winning all the time and all of a sudden you're two and four and struggling, uh, not used to this feeling. So you know we got to figure out a way to maybe right the ship and uh, maybe do some things different than we haven't done in the past, just because of uh, having uh, uh, young kids. maybe uh uh need need to learn a little bit before they hit their stride and their and their potential
4: coach you're still early in your season you know like you said you've only played six games so far but i tell you what looking at it it looks like it gets really busy there toward the to the middle of the month
5: yeah it does we got a, we got a bunch of them uh, uh coming up actually we had to reschedule the Greenbrier east game to the to the 24th so we play tomorrow back down in Williamson. Uh, at three o'clock and then do we play tuesday and thursday next week both at home against parkersburg and capital and then go to gw the week after and then have uh Greenbrier east and uh parkersburg south uh at home to finish out that week so yeah a lot of basketball for us here in the next uh next couple of weeks but we need to play you know we practice a bunch we need to play games so i'm looking forward to the the next couple of weeks uh to uh, you know, to kind of like I said, right the ship, and try to try to improve and get ready for uh, you know February 27th when uh, sectional tournaments start.
1: South Charleston boys back in action tomorrow at three o'clock in the Hatfield-McCoy Shootout at the Williamson Fieldhouse against Kentucky small school power Shelby Valley. Uh, Shelby Valley is 14 and one, so that should make for a uh, great contest tomorrow. Coach Vic Herbert of the Black Eagles, thanks so much for calling, and uh, wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right. Once once again, Coach Vic Herbert of the South Charleston Boys. We'll go to Bill Nestor in just a moment. But right now, let's go over to the score center to Marcus Costantino.
0: This score just in from Wheeling, the single-A reigning state champion, Wheeling Central Catholic Maroon Knights fall to Notre Dame, 66-63. to Jaden West led Notre Dame with 21 points. Uh, Anthony Robbins led Wheeling Central Catholic with 23. Also, this score just in from Hedgesville. The Eagles defeat Musselman Appleman, 50-40.
1: So, uh, excellent night of basketball, big win. Tonight for Notre Dame, you hear the name West at Notre Dame, and uh, <laughs> it gets your attention. Yeah, Jaden West, the son of head coach Jared West, senior Jared West, junior. The, the son <laughs> is a uh, sophomore at Marshall. Had the game-winning three last uh, Thursday night at Old Dominion. Uh, so, they're of course tying this all in together, Marshall will play host to Western Kentucky tomorrow night, and a little bit later on, we'll have a special guest who will be involved in that game, who has uh, strong ties to West Virginia high school basketball, and uh, looking forward to that. It's a small little world we live in. <laughs> it really is. Uh, right now, we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Bill Nestor of WPDX and Clarksburg Robert C. Byrd. A couple of boys' basketball games this week. We'll talk about those and much more. This is
6: break one of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall Sports Journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. Is it time for you to get in the game? Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We appreciate you being part of the family. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team score. Give us your comments on the game, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Also, we want you to send us picks tonight. Everything happening in the past week with your team, your fans, send them to us on Twitter. You can email them to us at scores at basketballnight.com. Also, send them to us by Facebook, and we'll make sure to make them part of the show. Call us toll-free tonight. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. You can also text scores to us. Text the show at 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can become part of the show and connect with... Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, Amanda Skaggs and Adam Lawson.
6: to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling fastest three hours in radio of the fastest 15 weeks of the year
1: believe it or not during the winter it actually this show has made the, the winter go much faster and uh, no one's complaining here about that right up alongside uh, Tulsa, Lady, Tulsa Lady Rebel coach Rick Marone I'll say it correctly and uh, Joe Linville happy to have you along and uh, Coach we'll talk about your Lady Rebels here in just a couple of moments um, but first let's go back to the phone lines it's been a, a little bit of a difficult week for the Robert C. Byrd Flying Eagles boys basketball team, Bill Nestor WPDX is the voice of the Eagles, he joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia and Bill Robert C. Burr starting to get into the, uh, the meat of its schedule. and uh, Like I said, not exactly a, an easy week of basketball. A good win over Lewis County, but a tough loss on the road at Elkins last night. Uh, road games are tough, and home games
8: can be tough, too. Uh, they sure are. You know, it's been a crazy year. we talked. It's been a few weeks since we had a chance to catch up a little bit, and RCB had several games there to start up the season. And then a long 10-day uh, break before they played Oak Hill, and then another six-day break before they played again uh, against Fairmont Seniors. So really haven't had a chance to give you a call to talk about a whole lot. Uh, but since then, uh, this past week, a couple games of importance. So RCB uh, picked up a win against Lewis County, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, up by two points to half in that one, ended up winning that game by 21. And then last night on the road at Elkins, trailing 15 points in the fourth quarter play, RCB came all the way back to tie it up. Eventually lost it by four points. But uh, so six and three markers throughout the season and uh, have had several uh, games uh, throughout and some challenges along the way. Oak Hill, a very good team, also Fairmont Senior. And, you know, Elkins is not a bad team with a couple really good guards uh, they've played. So the schedule's been pretty tough so far, and uh, hopefully things will go well and get back into a flow. When you have those kind of delays, as we just talked about a few minutes ago, it's kind of hard to get things going. So hopefully now things will go well. Now, of course, tomorrow night was supposed to be a big lockup with the Crosstown Rival Bridgeport, uh, but because of uh, the possibility of some heavy uh, some snowfall, they decided to move that to next Saturday. So next week we'll have a three-game week as well. So things starting to pick up for the Flying Eagles here.
1: And you don't often see a game kind of preemptively postponed, but I have to imagine that that's a big gate for both teams, and I mean, you know, I hate to bring dollars and cents into it, but can't function your basketball program without it, and uh, you, you want to be able to, uh, you can't let an opportunity slip away like that.
8: No, you can't, and to be honest with you, to be frank, if you take the average three games, uh, three home games that you have, that would equal up the uh, gate that you would have for this crosstown rival game, so that's how significant this contest is in terms of dollars and cents, and and crowd, So, yeah, I guess they went ahead and made that move, made that decision, that uh, they'll wait one week and give it a shot next weekend.
1: Robert C. Byrd, 6-3 and three on the season, back in action again. Not tomorrow, that game postponed for a week, but uh, back in action next week. Home game against North Marion, a trip to Buchanan Upshur. Bill Nuster, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
8: Guys, I appreciate you having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as
1: well. Thanks greatly. Appreciate it. Bill Nester, WPDX, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. Thanks so much for calling. And, uh, Coach Marone, before we go back to the phones, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your basketball team over the course of the past week. Lady Rebels,
2: how things been going for you guys? I've been going up and down. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good week. Uh, we had uh, kind of a tough stretch. We had played. Uh, uh, a really good Sherman team. Uh, they they upset Nitro tonight and got a good win there. Uh, played them uh, uh, this past week and then came back and had uh, uh, Tug Valley on Monday. Lost a tough one down at uh, at Naugatuck, and then Tuesday played uh, a Carter Christian team out of Grayson, Kentucky. We'd played them earlier in the year and got a good win down there. So seven and three. Uh, Uh, We're supposed to start HIT tournament play. Uh, I know uh, a lot of teams are kind of watching the the forecast, but uh, that tournament kicks off this weekend, and all those pairings and all the tournament information for the West Virginia HIT tournament is on our website. So both uh, the girls is on there now. The boys will have their meeting on Sunday, and so uh, they'll have all those pairings too. So we were to start HIT tournament play tomorrow. Uh, in Jane Lou, uh, South Harrison, uh, the Hawks. And uh, I was looking forward to that, but it got uh, postponed due to the impending weather. And uh, we're going to reschedule that for next week. So we now are on a very short hiatus. And then starting next Thursday, we'll really dive in headlong. South Harrison is technically located in Lost Creek. Technically, it's Lost (laughs) Creek is (laughs) the
1: mailing address. And what is the... Creek, the road, right before Lost
2: Creek. Tulsa High School <laughs> the last Tulsa turn So we feel right at home <laughs> <laughs> It's really odd Our football teams have played the last couple of years and uh, uh, the hit tournament drawings come out last Sunday and uh, we were in uh, pool play with them <laughs> and uh, so we'll get a chance to travel up there and that's one of those bucket list things uh, we've been all over the state uh, over the years that I've been there uh, have not played at South Harrison so that'll be rectified uh, weather permitting it'll be next Thursday so. Coach
4: tell us a little bit about your team you know I'm looking over your, you know your schedule and your scores and results and so forth and you had a big night uh, earlier this week's putting up 70 points and you of seem like you're averaging pretty good
2: on, on the offensive side. Yeah we've, uh, we've really tried to make a point of emphasis we've got to get uh, more People involved. We've got a couple of uh, returning players and a lot of new players. So uh, uh, we've been a little bit inconsistent. Really, the three games we've come up short. It's, it's really our offense has just kind of sputtered a bit. Uh, we had 37 in our loss to Pikeville. We had 34 at Tug Valley the other night, and uh, you know we've struggled. Uh, the game we lost with Logan, we had 37. So, you know, our defense has been pretty consistent, uh, but uh, offensively, we're probably averaging in the 50s, which is pretty good for us. So, if we can get both things cranking at the same time, hopefully we can uh, as Coach Herbert said, try and get some things ironed out before tournament time. Well, your team has been alternating wins and losses. Another team that has been alternating wins and
1: losses are the Ripley Boys basketball team. Now, they've not played a whole lot recently, although they did play a their third game of the week tonight. Uh, they've been alternating wins and losses. Brian Johnson, WCEF in Ripley, joins us now. And uh, Brian, before we jump into things, uh, we don't have a score for that game tonight against Brooke.
9: 74-47. The Vikings prevailed in that one. They had uh, maybe their best
1: showing of the season tonight shooting the basketball. So Ripley gets the win tonight over Brook, and I was talking about uh, the team kind of alternating wins and losses, and that, that just continues that pattern. Yeah, it
9: really has. You know, they've been up and down. Uh, they, are, they are missing star player Ty Johnson, so that, uh, he's yet to play one minute of action so far this year with a broken hand. Uh, they do expect him back. Well, I shouldn't say expect. They do hope that he'll be back next Saturday for our next game, but That's certainly been difficult for this team to try to get their sea legs, I guess, maybe you would say, as they're trying to figure out who they are, adding some new pieces in. There's a transfer, Isaac Putnam, coming in from Virginia, who's really carried the load for the Vikings while he's been hurt. But turnovers have been an issue. Missed free throws have been an issue uh, in this up-and-down play. But uh, I think after the way they played tonight, maybe they'll have some renewed
1: confidence as they head into a little – week off before they head up to Wheeling Park next week. The one team the Vikings have played twice is St. Albans. Lost at St. Albans on December 28th by 17 points. But in the rematch earlier this week, in fact just 2 days ago, St. Albans beat Ripley 49-45, so a 4-point game there. That's a that's a quite a bit of a swing over the course of what is basically about 2 weeks. Is this a situation where you're seeing the growth of this Ripley team just in the comparison between those two games
10: we hope so coach
9: parsons hopes so uh, he believes that uh, you know they've made some changes at the point guard uh, they moved isaac robertson to the point guard and slid tobias shoal over to the two which is more his natural position and that really the difference in those two games was 29 turnovers in the first game at st albans for the vikings 14 wednesday night the big Uh, Achilles' heel for the Vikings Wednesday night was missed free throws. Uh, They missed eight free throws and lost by four. So, you know, they had their opportunities to win that game, but I think they took a lot away from that in growth and uh, saw that they had an opportunity to beat a pretty good St. Albans team, a really athletic uh, St. Albans team. So, you know, sometimes in those losses you do grow a little bit. I think that certainly
1: happened with the Vikings Wednesday night. I'm Brian Johnson, WCEF Radio in Ripley. The Vikings pick up the win tonight over Brooke. Thanks so much for joining us. We need to make this a, a little yeah, bit more of a normal thing. I certainly will,
9: guys. Thanks for having me and uh, enjoy the show.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Brian Johnson, WCEF in Ripley. We've got to step aside and take <clears throat> a break. When we come back, We'll get you another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism, Basketball BasketballNight.com scoreboard. We'll also talk with Brian Helton, head coach of the Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders, the boys' team with the big win tonight over St. Joe. This is Break
6: 2 on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Munsey, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzly, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers. Tonight, you'll meet someone from Riverside. What they have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Do you have an athlete make an outstanding play? Well, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership. Performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, BasketballNight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Don't forget, poll question last week's poll question 68 percent of you voted no to the question should the number of practices required by fall athletes before winter sports be reduced further this week's question should teams be required to play each of their sectional opponents at least once during the regular season Yes or no. You've got the 1145 tonight, and of course, we'll share the results with you at the end of the show. If you go to basketballnight.com, you'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. It's all here. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
6: is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 929 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan
1: Epling alongside Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you with us. We'll get a full scoreboard update in just a moment, but one one score kind of stuck out tonight, one of several that, that, that has... Uh, caught our attention of course we mentioned earlier Notre Dame defeating Willing Central tonight uh, 66-63 that's a big win for the Irish um, also uh, a game in which uh, let's just say the clock keeper, the scoreboard operator <laughs> may have to ice down the finger tonight <laughs> yeah, right. okay.
4: probably a little sore yeah, or okay. it will be in the morning Amen.
1: Greater Beckley Christian beats Huntington St. Joe 108-57 tonight and it was a school record night for Jay Moore, he scored 58 points in the win. Brian Helton is the coach of the Crusaders. He joins us now, and Coach Helton, I have to imagine you saw a special performance tonight. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty special to say the least. I mean, um,
11: you know, Jay's just a dynamic score. He scored. Uh, I think he scored thirty four two games ago and maybe thirty two last night against Green and a win over Greenboro West at Greenboro West and then uh tonight he was just on, on absolute fire from the start and you know scored just about every way you can score the ball. Uh had multiple dunks. Just very active uh tonight and uh, just 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 amazing to see that many points go through. I didn't even realize he had that many and and uh we were going to kind of make some subs, and some of the coaches told me, you know, he's got, he's already got fifty. So we realized the school record was fifty-one. So, uh, you know, he, he just continued to score. But uh, I actually came out of the game with about three minutes left, or, you know, probably could have could have easily broke sixty tonight.
1: Big performance there, and of course, I mean that from a back-to-back standpoint. You know, you're in Charmco last night against Greenbrier West. You're in Huntington tonight against St. Joe. Um, and pick up two wins. I, I can't imagine there being much to be upset about with those two games uh, back-to-back nights. No, you know we've,
11: um, you know we've uh, not really played up to our potential until recently, and I I, I think these last two games, you know, where our guys have, uh, you know, really came together even even outside of the coaches and just decided that uh, you know, this is the kind of year they want to have, and I I really see some. Uh, for the first time this year, some things coming together with our group. I'm I'm real excited about it. You know, our our uh, our our group functions well. They passed the ball great tonight. Very limited amount of turnovers. And uh, you know, a, you know, as an example, our senior point guard Josiah Walden. In the last two games, uh, he's had he's had 16 assists with zero turnovers. And and I think tonight he also had six steals on top of that. So it's just really uh, coming to a good team effort. A lot of guys contributing. And uh, just just really uh, really happy to happy to see that happen.
1: Now we have you on the schedule for a game tomorrow afternoon at Trinity Christian. Is that correct?
11: Well, yeah, it's on the schedule, but it's been postponed due to the due to the pending weather, and we just uh, mutually decided it was best to schedule that. So we've actually rescheduled that game for February the 9th. Now we do we do do play them this coming Saturday at our place, so might might be good to space it out anyway. Uh, you know, before we actually go down there and play them,
1: you, you were looking at a stretch of three games in three days and four in five days with some travel involved as well. Was that something you intentionally saw before the season? Yeah, we did. You know, we we had we had uh, a week and a half ago. We played
11: three games in the same week. We we were at West Side. We played First Love uh, Christian uh, over at the Raleigh County Convention Center, and then we played Wyoming East and so we we intentionally put those three back to back to back and then this week we were hoping to have another back to back to back week and uh, unfortunately the weather's just going to get in the way but like we told you guys we're not taking anything for granted but this year the way the state tournament seating goes
12: in the class A division you have to
11: win three days in a row
1: so we wanted to prepare our guys with tough games three days in a row that's absolutely been the case and uh Coach your basketball team, as you mentioned, playing good ball right now, and maybe it's not a bad thing to just keep playing while while, while your kids are rolling the way they have been the past two or three games.
13: <laughs>
1: well, that's right, that's right. Yeah, you know, we have
11: we have three games again next week, so we we like it right now. I think I think we're getting in some playing rhythm, and uh, the guys are guys are really uh, really coming together well. And you know, Jay's obviously been leading the leading the charge, but we've actually had balance. You know, we've had several guys this week hit double figures, so. It's nice to see that. It's nice to see the chemistry. And tonight, you know, in in the locker room, the com- camaraderie was great. Everybody was so supportive of Jay. And, and of course, you know, we've got a, another guard, Chance Potter, who's getting ready to break a thousand this coming week. So there's a lot of good energy going. And, and of course, uh, tonight uh, we're we're uh, we're trying to find the omelet shop here in Huntington because uh, <laughs> uh, we let Jay pick, uh, pick 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 where we ate tonight. And he said omelet shop for some reason. So we're trying to find that. So oh, route uh, sixty. Uh, yeah, yeah, guy, Yeah, guy Guy scores 58, he
1: gets, he gets, gets his to where I guess. <laughs> take the 29th Street exit, head toward Huntington. Johnny right. Rogers is just right down the yeah, street. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the, the a jolly pirate.
12: So it's an easy
11: trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll have a big waffle and then a jolly pirate and go home to sleep good, right?
1: <laughs> there you go. Brian Helton, head coach of the Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders. Thanks so much for joining us. Congrats on the win tonight.
11: Yeah, thanks for all you guys do. Appreciate you
1: having me. All right, once again, that's Brian Helton, and appreciate it. Hey, you know, if they're in Huntington, just ask us.
4: <laughs> we'll just stop by. Yeah, or just come on by. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, we, we can certainly do all that. We'll talk with Matt Miller, R in Martinsburg in just a moment. Right now, let's go right back to the phone lines. Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com, the triumphant return to basketball Friday night. <laughs>
14: <laughs> yeah, I, Dave I think you guys should be playing that for Jane Moore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jane Moore deserves the music tonight, <laughs> not you.
14: Yeah, did that, did, I, I heard the, part of your interview with Brian Helton. Did he mention his record, uh, Jane Moore Bro? He did not give the name. Hey, it was Brian Helton. Oh, he no he wonder he, he didn't had, throw hey, it. How about <laughs> that?
1: <laughs> so so it
14: turns out that he I, I left a in like breaks on record. Well I'd like to say that uh that you know, Jay Moore benefited from the three point line, but he didn't have any threes tonight. He had twenty one field goals, he was sixteen to eighteen at the line. Wow. That's just uh you know, just getting it done and it, it's it's the scoring this year has been off the chart, guys. I mean, you look at Bryce Radford at fifty in a game this year and this is just I'm just talking about this area. I did some research today and 15 of the teams, of the 20 or so teams that I get, actually it was 20, 15 of the teams that I get stats from have increased their scoring at the same point like this year um, as opposed to last year. And then you've got, I remember three years ago, John Togger from Shady Spring was the only 20-point scorer we had. I think there are 14 or 15 guys over 20 right now. Uh, the scoring... For whatever reason, it's really up. and I would assume it's probably like about all around the state, but especially here in Region 3. I know you uh, keep good tabs on Region 3, and Oak Hill
1: tonight picks up a win over Independence. Uh, Bluefield picks up a win over Mountain View. Basically, these teams kind of held serve tonight.
14: Right. And, and Miami East beat uh, South Charleston. I think you you could throw it in there. So, of course, Shady Spring was... Uh, was off tonight, I believe. And um, so that's that's the four teams I've been talking about it all season, I think. And you're right. I mean, these teams are, as, as they start to play each other, that's when it's going to really get interesting. There hasn't really been a lot of head to head matches between these teams yet. And uh, it's going to be interesting when these teams start playing each other. And a pretty impressive win by, I, I know South Charleston's down a little bit, but to go to the Hatfield of McCoy and for uh, Wyoming East to get that victory. They hadn't played real well. Now they did get R.J. Hood, a a senior, back. He missed six games with a hand injury. They got him back in the lineup. So uh, you know the Wyomings. You mentioned Oak Hill and uh, Jason Mans with twenty-four points tonight for the Red Devils. They've got uh, they've got as talented a lineup in this area as there is in this area. And of course, Bluefield. Get this stat: Bluefield is averaging eighty-four points, over eighty-four points per game. And uh, at the high school level, double A—that's that's really impressive. I haven't seen
4: these kind of scoring scoring numbers in probably two decades. Hey, Dave. Uh, you know, a lot of games uh, being postponed already for tomorrow. What about uh, weather in your part of the state? Normally, you guys get uh, get hammered over in the, the eastern mountains there.
14: Yeah, interesting turn up. I don't think I think it snowed a little bit today, and it was cold, so. A lot of the water on the roads did freeze. I don't think we've gotten uh, any snow in the last, since really since the big snow. I think we may have had a couple inches here and there on the ground, but since we had the, the foot uh, about a month ago now, we really haven't had any snow here, and it looks like all the snow is drifting up north, which is perfectly fine with me. Just keep it keep <laughs> it going up. All right, go on out of the state. So the schedules in the well, Eastern I
4: mean, Mountains will stay intact for tomorrow, hopefully, then.
14: Uh, I think most teams, unless they're playing like Raider Beckham was scheduled to play Trinity. I think hopefully the, all the games will be played. There's not a whole lot of games tomorrow. Uh, the Hatfield McCoy being the, probably uh, the two biggest games here in the area. I don't, a lot of the teams are off this weekend. Should and be, maybe if uh, the snow does come, I mean, it was pretty good scheduling. Uh,
1: yeah, it seems like that's going to work out for the best. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. Again, no one has their their finger on the pulse of the. Uh, of Region 3 basketball like Dave does. Dave, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Okay, guys. Always appreciate it. Take care. Alright, once again, Dave Morrison. always uh, We had him
4: in studio a couple years ago. He was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, always, I always look forward to talking to him at the state tournaments as well. So. Yeah, it should be a, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun when we get to talk to him. You know, you know who's
1: having a lot of fun right now? Is anybody involved with Martinsburg Sports? Yeah. They didn't lose a football <laughs> game. They haven't lost a boys basketball game yet. They went again right. tonight. Matt Miller, WRNR. Has been there for, uh, well, pretty much all these wins. Matt, are uh, are the Bulldogs going to lose anytime soon? It doesn't really seem like
3: uh, they're used to it right now, right? Well, they're they're playing well. They're uh, winning by some pretty big margins, but uh, they've got some tough games in the future, and uh, the last thing they want to do is, is kind of get, you know, an overinflated thought of where they are. They need to stay grounded.
1: It's a team that is a perfect ten and zero. Martinsburg picking up another big win uh, tonight over Spring Mills, and um, yeah, this is just a a team and a school that in boys' sports at the moment is is just on a roll. I don't know that I remember such a dominant football team turning right around and having such a dominant basketball season right behind it.
3: Well, I think what the twenty thirteen season as uh, Martinsburg was able to win a football state championship and then go on to win a basketball state championship in that same year and, and so it, it it has been done before, and now here they are you know looking for that opportunity again this year, and a, a couple of members of that football team that are key parts of this basketball team right now as well
1: a uh, three game week ahead, but that also includes a game tomorrow. For the Bulldogs with Loudoun Valley, Virginia, um, Martinsburg will take on Loudoun Valley tomorrow, that game at Martinsburg, and uh, already have a 15-point win over, uh, over that school, so um, this might be a kind of a situation where you get to see, even within the wins that they've had so far, it, you know, how, how far Martinsburg has continued to improve.
3: Yeah, I know they're looking forward to this matchup because when Martinsburg played Loudoun Valley, it was the season opener for the Bulldogs, and Loudoun Valley already had four or five games under their belt, and Martinsburg didn't have a great first half. In fact, they were down by two at the intermission, the only game so far this season they've trailed at the half. But in the second half, they really came out and played well and and pulled away for the lopsided victory. So I'm anxious to see if the Bulldogs can put together the full four quarters against Loudoun Valley tomorrow.
1: Also have games in the upcoming week against South Hagerstown, Maryland, and against the Musselman-Appleman one week from tonight. Matt Miller, WRNR, thanks so much for calling. All right, thank you. All right, and uh, we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back... We'll talk with Joe Bricado of Metro News. He was at that Notre Dame-Willing Central Boys game tonight. Great ball game. That could be a preview of one you see in the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Not the Civic Center anymore. That's <laughs> something everybody's going to get used to. We'll also will never get to No Exactly, right? <laughs> Derek Brooks, head coach of Wilding East Boys team. We'll talk with him as well when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. This is Break 3
6: on the Fast Breaks Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes. On the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours, every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent texts, tweets, emails. We really appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677 855-784-6677 Once again, follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup You can text the show, three 304-249-4924. Text the show. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. A shout out to some of our latest twitter followers amanda skaggs adam lawton crystal y phone tristan burgess plans grace dustin griffith on the clock sports cast troy fetty jack kanecki dakota press garrett hamrick dylan rowe rodney darren logan tj ruby carpenter sean J.D., Brittany Adkins. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family.
6: School basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 9 45 rolling right along here on basketball
1: friday night in west virginia right up alongside rick marone and joe linville so happy to have you with us here tonight as we are all hoping to avoid the potential snow that's supposed to be um, it's not going to snow (laughs) see see, joe's going to make the trip to morgantown tomorrow
4: and hopefully (laughs) i'll get there one way or the other Um, just hope the the ears play a little better you know uh, you know don't blow a 21 point lead or anything like that 21 point leads on the road and conference player are hard
1: losses. To yes, take. they are. Certainly are. Uh, Joe Brocado, Metro News, was at the Notre Dame Willing Central boys game tonight. I think that might be a preview of one we see in Charleston a little bit later on this year. Joe joins us now. And uh, Joe, it's not often you get into the second week of January and you get a state tournament type of uh, matchup like you had tonight.
13: It's a great atmosphere at uh, Skip Foster, Court, and Wheeling. And really, it's, it's been a stretch of games over the last nine days for Notre Dame where they played last Thursday night. They played at Trinity, got a two-point win there, For Trinity coming off of a, a state semifinal appearance. Then on Saturday, Notre Dame went down to Chapmanville, played down there, and then uh, a tough road night up in Wheeling. So really the last nine days, Notre Dame has uh, been well-tested with road games.
1: Well-tested, well-traveled and performing quite well, too. I know the game at Chathamville didn't go the way uh, that Notre Dame would have liked, but um, we were talking a little bit earlier, Jaden West, a big game here, and anyone who's familiar with basketball in West Virginia knows the West name.
13: Yeah, absolutely, and Jaden West, of course, Jared West's son, and
1: little Jared West. Uh-oh, did we lose Joe? He's getting a little staticky there. Yes, we have lost Joe, unfortunately. Um, we might be able to get him back here in a, a couple so, of yeah. moments because that was a that was a big game. It in was class a tonight, absolutely. And uh, Wheeling Central has uh, not seemed like the uh, the dominant type of team that they had They've a had. year ago. You're right. Um, still, obviously, they're very good and uh, going to be playing right never into. Never the, uh, count them out. No, never count out uh, that ball club and. Uh, yeah, it should be with Coach Mel Stevens, who's done an excellent, excellent. job with that school. And you know, he was talking about playing at Skip Prosser Court. Of course, Skip Prosser, former coach at uh, Wake Forest, who passed away just a few years ago, but also former head coach at Willing Central. They they turned out quite a few uh, coaches and uh, individual. We'll get Joe Brocato right back with us now. And Joe, sorry we lost you there, but uh, you were talking about James West and the uh, <laughs> he the son of uh, Jared West. and little brother of Jared West jr. who's not a junior yeah
13: brother. sorry about that guys <laughs> Yeah, a very promising player for the Irish of course uh, everybody in Harrison County circles has seen him come up through the middle school ranks and uh, obviously with the name that he carries uh, high expectations with him but uh, last couple of games have been struggling with the shot a little bit but he was on tonight uh, against Wheeling Central 21 points for him and he actually had in the third quarter a 90 run all by himself where he drained three consecutive
1: three-pointers on consecutive possessions. 66-63, the final tonight. Notre Dame beats Wheeling Central in Wheeling. So Notre Dame turns around and plays Parkersburg Catholic next week. And uh, a little bit of a lighter schedule. Only one game uh, on tap for the next week ahead for the Irish. So, uh, big win tonight, and uh, looking forward to seeing how that goes. Joe, thanks so much for calling. All right, you got it. Uh, Joe
4: Mercado, and and uh, they they've got another big road trip. They go all the way down, have, down to Tug yeah, Valley next
2: that's, Saturday. That's going
1: to be
4: that's going to be a brutal
1: trip for <laughs> them as well. That, that,
4: that. well. it's
1: four lane all the way, so that's good.
2: Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, they played earlier this year uh, in Clarksburg. and Clark- Notre Dame beat Tug Valley. But that's an interesting uh, rivalry that's budding there in single way. They've played the last few years, and I know Coach Ed May there at Tug Valley enjoys playing that. They go up on a Saturday. And then Notre Dame gets to make the journey down to Naugatuck, and that'll be next Saturday. So two of the premier single-A programs will be hooking up again.
4: When if, did they build a four-lane
2: from 119 over to Naugatuck? Yeah, which way's Ryan been going yeah, really. to Naugatuck? He oh, said it, it was four-lane. Almost all the way. Okay. It's like six miles from okay. Lenore. Okay? Right. I or thought it maybe I
1: missed something
12: Naugatuck's right in
1: between Lenore and Williamson. It's six miles. If that's the only two-lane you have to go on in West Virginia to get somewhere, that's not bad at all. All right. I'll agree with you.
2: Now, come on now. Some of us take we got to get our jabs in the week. Hey, I'm glad that they're on you this week instead of me. I was feeling the brunt last week. Hey, I, I,
1: I've been on that, that stretch of, uh, of, of road plenty of times over the years. And uh, let's just say that there's no four-lane road between Wayne and Mingo County. So uh, <laughs> not at all. Uh, we're, we're going to go back to the phones right now. Uh, Wyoming East, boys pick up a win tonight. In the Hatfield McCoy shootout, beating South Charleston 60 to 44. Derek Brooks is the head coach of the Warriors. He joins us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And coach, I know we talked with South Charleston coach Vic Herbert a little bit earlier. They are two and four. He says they're a little bit down, but there is no such thing as a bad win over a program the caliber of South Charleston. No, no doubt about it. No matter
10: how bad they think they are, they still have a tremendous athlete on that squad.
1: And your ball club uh, gets the win. And, uh, again, you talk about teams that are better than their records indicate. I mean, your ball club is out 3-6 and six on the season. But you've played a brutal schedule to this point.
15: We
10: have. I mean, we don't shy away from playing anybody. Uh, I mean, that's how we see where we stand and see where we want to be. So, I mean, uh, we're going to try to play the, I mean, the toughest schedule we can year in and year out.
1: And getting a chance to play in the historic Williamson Fieldhouse, I'm sure that's, uh, that's a lot of fun for the kids, too. It is. It's a, it's a nice little drive down. And, you know, it's, a, it's
10: a
14: wonderful little shootout out there that uh, Mark Witt has going on. So we, we
4: really enjoy traveling down there and playing. Coach, you've uh, you know just looking back over your, your schedule so far this season, I'll tell you what, you played some premier schools across this state.
16: We have. We've
10: played the likes of uh, Fairmont Senior. We've played Woodrow, like Robert C. Byrd, South Charleston, uh, <laughs> top team in Tingle and Greater Beckley. So, I mean, it's every
1: night it's uh, it's a challenge for us. And um, definitely Wyoming East, one of those schools that you look at their schedule and you go, wow, they played every Everybody, good school, it seems like. just
4: I mean, and, and not regionally. I mean, from north to south, east I- to west. Yes, absolutely.
1: Coach Brooks, I know you've had a little bit of a late night. Uh, Tonight, with that ball game uh, tonight in the win at Williamson. Again, another game tomorrow evening in the Williamson Fieldhouse against Sheldon Clark, Kentucky, out of INEZ. Coach Brooks, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, that's Derek Brooks, head coach of the Wyoming East boys basketball team, as they get the win tonight. Um, we've got. Logan, boys coach, is at Green on hold, but we're a little bit tight on time against the top of the hour, so we'll get him right at the top of the hour. This gives us the time to kind of relax a minute and and kind of digest the scores that we've been seeing as they come in throughout the night. And, um, yeah, Scott? Gets a nice win in the Hatfield-McCoy shootout tonight. Over Back-to-back, West.
4: they actually play. This is their third game this week. So, yeah, good win for the Skyhawks there. And let me – I just want to get back to a game Monday night. You know, uh, Scott has struggled at, at points this season. Uh but they took number one Chapmanville right down to the wire, actually jumped out early, took a lead there, led the end of the first quarter, and, and Coach Steve McComas doing a good job. Uh, still a you know, relatively young team. We've only got a couple seniors starting and, and, and doing a good job with that program, down there, you know, rebuilding to get it back to what Scott basketball has been in the past.
1: And you look down the way, too. Tug Valley falls to 4-5 and five with a loss tonight to Hurricane. Well, think about what I just said there. They played Hurricane tonight because that just falls right in place with the rest of the schedule. Right. Tug Valley plays, so that's a team that's going to be better than its record would indicate. Already have a nice win over Greater Beckley Christian. Right. So, um, you know, we have those scores. Um, all the scores are on basketballnight.com, on our Twitter uh, feed at hoops underscore roundup of course you can also like us on Facebook basketball Friday night in West Virginia
4: another game but the score jumped out there Webster County I mean they are
2: 10-0 and 0, big win over Doddridge County 106-69 and maybe I, I saw it as I was coming in for the program I think they had 90 or 91 at the end of the third quarter I think uh, I don't know that they opted for a running clock of some sort but they end up with a little over 100 points in that game but I don't care what you're playing or who you're playing, that's a ton of points being put up by Webster County. And that's a
4: rural county school,
2: you know, out in the middle of the state. Yeah, they've had a couple of good runs here in recent years. I know, uh, you know, uh, they don't get seen by a lot of the other areas of the state as much, but uh, the Highlanders are off to a great start this year. Um, you know, another team that's doing
1: very well, are the Greenbrier East girls are now 10 and 1. They're up at halftime over Princeton. That's the last update to that score that we had 31 12. Spartans, and of course, we all know the Head coach of the Spartans. It's the governor of the great state of West Virginia, Jim Justice, and uh, hopefully we can get him on a couple, yeah, a little bit later on. He's a little bit busy right now. State of the state earlier this week, and you know various. A little busy this week. Various state functions with the legislature. And
2: one uh, softball throw to Joe. I tell you what, Logan uh, playing some good basketball. Nine and one. They've had a couple of big wins and. Uh, Chris Early and company, I will tell you, the Wildcats seem like they're back on uh, on track and where people are used to seeing that program. Yeah, and, of course, we'll talk you know, to Coach Zach Green That's here in just right. a few
4: minutes and then get a little bit more insight. Also, speaking on the ladies' side, uh, James Monroe, the Lady Mavericks, 13-0 and with a big win tonight over Pikeview, 66-59. And, you know, er- close
1: one. and earlier in the week, uh, Winfield's girls go to Wayne, and beat Wayne 72 to 70, and uh, that ended a 30-game regular season winning streak for Wayne. They hadn't hadn't lost a regular season game since falling in the Barbara J. (laughs) Barone shootout to George Washington
2: last year. Yeah, they've uh, done a great job there, and uh, not that uh, you ever want to lose a game, but uh, that conference is really difficult in the Cardinal Conference. Coach Williamson will use that. I know they got a big win over Hoover after that. Uh, Tell you what, it's going to be tough to put Wayne out of that uh, Region 4, I think, when tournament time comes around, because they've been to the state tournament last year. Uh, They've got a few new faces in different positions, but man, I think not that they've surprised people, but they lost a lot off last year's squad. Two of them are playing in college now, and they've kept going, so that program's really on the rise. Yeah, uh, Coach
1: Williamson does a great job with those kids, and uh, you know, they bounce back with the win over Hoover. And Winfield's playing really good basketball. That was their third game in five days. They were in the same type of stretch Wayne had been. They had uh, just lost at Bluefield two nights before, but then they go to Wayne, fall behind by eight early, and then come back and get the win. It was a very, very good basketball game.
2: Yeah, I tell you, a lot of great basketball all over the area, and uh, girls and boys both are really starting to heat up. This week's been a really big week. I okay? mean, yeah. there's been great
4: games every night this week. We're coming up on the end of Hour 1 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
1: When we return, we will talk with Zach Green, head coach of the Logan boys basketball team. Uh, We'll also be talking a little bit later on with Morgan Sherwood of the Eagle News Network in Hedgesville and a special guest who's been sitting quietly in the green room. We'll talk with him in just a moment.
6: Basketball Friday Night continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including... 105 KQV, WKQV in Cowan, 105.5 FM, and Heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 Jack FM, WQWE in Fisher. The Valley's watched on 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG and Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM 106.5 FM Classic Hits, 106 WHFI Lindside 106.7 FM 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW and Logan Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM the ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Henton, the greatest oldies of all time 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, Tune for You, Yap Radio 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, 104.5 FM WASPLP in Huntington, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, and Marshall University's flagship station, the Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington.
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: Hour two of basketball Friday night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limball with you. Marcus Constantino also with us in the studio tonight. We will go to Zach Green, head coach of the Logan Boys basketball team in just a moment. But first, we have to get a check of the Marshall University Sports Journalist from BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. I'll handle the boys scores and I'll toss it to Marcus for the girls' scores here in just a moment. Boys scores tonight, Hatfield McCoy shootout. Wyoming East defeats South Charleston 60 44. Scott picks up a win over West 71 57. It was Hurricane defeating Tug Valley 59 48. So Bingo Central and Phelps, Kentucky, getting ready to play that Hatfield McCoy shootout. I'll tell you a little story about Phelps in a couple moments. <laughs> Cameron defeats Crittenden 67 55. It was Pendleton County picking up a 66 47 win over East Hardy. Frankfort defeats Moorefield 62 33. Weir. Defeats Madonna tonight, Battle of Weirton. Weir High gets the win, 65-48. Ripley picks up a win over Brook, 74-47. Greenbrier West is 7-2. The Cavaliers defeat Midland Trail tonight, 47-44. It was Capital defeating Parkersburg, 75-54. Cougars bounce back from a big loss in the Logan Fieldhouse with a win tonight. Trinity Christian defeats Clay Battelle, 74 74- Forty-two. It was George Washington coming from behind to defeat Woodrow Wilson, 76-68. Patriots beat Beckley tonight. Bucky Brown, 28 points for GW in that win. And also, uh, Woodrow Wilson's Danny Bickey, 30 points in the loss. He's not even the kid who scored 50-plus the other day. How about <laughs> that? Uh, Hampshire defeats Jefferson, 42-34. It was Greater Beckley Christian picking up a 108-57 win over St. Joe. 58 points tonight from Jay Moore in the victory. Hedgesville goes to 9-2. The Eagles beat Musselman 50-40. It was Logan picking up a 69-40 win over Herbert Hoover. We'll talk with the head coach Zach Green just a moment on that one. Also tonight at Boys Basketball, Huntington defeats St. Albans 53-49. It was Oak Hill 89, Independence 31. Morgantown, a big win over John Marshall 81-25. Southern Garrett, Maryland defeats Kaiser 64-43. Meadow Bridge picks up a win over Valley Fayette 68-55. Bluefield remains undefeated with a 68-50 win over Mountview. Notre Dame picks up a win in a Class A showdown tonight. In Wheeling, knocking off Host Wheeling Central, 66-63. It was Parkersburg Catholic picking up a win over Williamstown, 72-58, the final in that one. Princeton wins again. The Tigers are 7-3 after a 84-66 win at Pikeview tonight. Spring Valley quietly having a very good boys basketball season. 32 points tonight from C.J. Meredith as the Timberwolves defeat Riverside, 91-71. Martinsburg remains undefeated. The Bulldogs beat Spring Mills 88-50. to 50. Webster County also undefeated. The Highlanders defeat Doddridge County 106-69 and Shenandoah, Ohio 67-Oakland 57. Marcus has the girls scores.
0: The Chapmanville tournament, a big win for Sherman as Deja Busby puts up a game-winning layup as time expires to pull the Sherman tied above the Nitro Wildcats 52-51. to 51. Also in Chapmanville, this score just then moments ago, the Tigers of Chapmanville defeat the Man Hillbillies 59 to 22. The George Washington Patriots defeat Hurricane 72 to 30. Uh, the Frankfort Falcons over Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 84-35 to improve to 9-2 on the season. The Nicholas County Grizzlies over Summers County, 63-57. Petersburg defeats Berkeley Springs, 60-33. The North Marion Huskies defeat Bridgeport, 57-41 to improve to 9-3 on the year. East Fairmont defeats Preston Knights, 56-41. Uh, Greenbrier East, uh, this score just in final. Uh, the Spartans defeat the Princeton Tigers 63-32. The Spartans now 11-1 on the season. Gr- uh, Wheeling Park defeats Jefferson 72-33. Lincoln over Phillip Barber 66-40 to improve to 8-1. The James and Row Mavericks defeat Pikeview 66-59. Uh, the Wyoming East Warriors, uh, we still don't have a final on this one, but the Warriors pretty much have this one in the bag as they led Riverview of 64 to 19 after three quarters, and finally the Tug Valley Panthers defeated Lawrence, Kentucky, 64 to 63.
1: A big win tonight for Tug Valley over Lawrence County, Kentucky, located in Louisa, right across the river from Fort Gay, West Virginia. For those of you who don't know don't where think, that is, don't know your the geography. Right there, it's it's very close. Yeah, the Logan boys basketball team. You want to talk about tradition, just within Logan County and the coalfields in general, basketball has been the king for a long time in that area. And right now, I think it can be argued that the best basketball in West Virginia is being played within Logan County with both Chapmanville and Logan. The teams have a combined two losses so far on the season. And Logan coach Zach Green joins us out on the program as his team defeats Herbert Hoover tonight. And coach green your team nine and one now after that 69 41 tonight over herbert hoover the wildcats uh a strong week with a win over capital as well earlier this week
17: yeah this was uh <clears throat> game three for us this week um we played at man on monday and had capital on wednesday played really really well in the capital game and, and uh, got another win tonight it was it was really sloppy, but, uh, you know, I tell our guys the good, the bad, the ugly, wins are wins, so um, we'll, we'll take every win that we can get, and uh, we've had a really good start to the season, and, uh, but, but we've got to get better. There are things that we've got to get better at. So.
1: I think the, the fact that your team beat Capital maybe not a huge surprise. I mean, I think people respect uh, Logan basketball, but the 31-point win over Capital raised some eyebrows
17: yeah uh, it raised my eyebrows <laughs> I, I really wasn't expecting it uh you know uh we've told our guys all year when uh we can bring energy effort, and focus all all in one game that that we could be a really special team and i think that was the one time this season that that we saw a culmination of all those things come together and it, it was really fun to watch um uh, you know, when, when we're playing at that high of a level, uh, you know, it, it, we're a really, really good team, it's going to be really hard to beat. Uh, but the problem is, is we don't bring that energy and, and effort every night. And that's one thing that we have kind of harped on. That was one thing that got us out to a really sto- slow start tonight. But, uh, you know, um, the third game in, in a week and we've got another one tomorrow. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of wanted to simulate, um, a, a tournament style tournament. Um, situation where you're playing three to four games in a week to prepare ourselves for, you know, for later in the season. So,
4: hey, coach, uh, a couple things I want to touch on here real quick. Of course, uh, in the game earlier this week, uh, David Early had an, another big game, uh, 31 points, uh, five three-pointers. Also, but Peter Noah has really stepped up uh, on the boards there, had 14 points and 21 rebounds. Uh, how has the, you know, working the boards helped and improved that Wildcat basketball team?
17: Well, you know, he he gives us something we don't have. You know, he, he's a real presence inside, um, and and he really controls the the glass. He, I think, he had another thirteen or fourteen tonight. So, um, he's doing an excellent job rebounding the basketball, and um, you know, he, he's getting better every game. As a kid, that um, the, the more playing time that he gets, um, the better he's going to be by the end of the season. So, um, we've been keeping him on the floor lots, even in, in in certain situations where we probably shouldn't have, but. Um uh, keeping him on the floor a lot to get him as much game time, as much experience, and um, he he's really coming along right
4: now. Coach, uh, last year, you know it was your first year at the at the helm, and you wanted to get back to that running wildcat tradition. Uh, how is that carrying over into this season?
17: Um, well, so we're we're running the basketball right now. Uh, tonight was was a little slower. You know, Coach Daniels at Herbert Hoover does a really good job. They come out in a triangle and two, slow the ball down, running a lot of time off the clock. So we weren't really able to get out and run, um, and we st- still scored seventy points. So uh, you know, we we've got a ton of a ton of weapons on this team, and I'm definitely the most comfortable. I've been with the team, guys. You know. Tonight, we had a guy off the bench lead us in scoring. So that that tells you how much depth, how much talent that we have on this team. And uh, a lot of guys that like to get out and transition and run and and play an up-tempo style basketball.
4: Looking down the road at your schedule, is there any team on there that you have circled? (laughs)
12: <laughs> that I was a loaded you know question. What? <laughs> I
17: think I, I think you know that exactly. Uh, yeah, we obviously have we obviously have Chapmanville Tigers, uh, you know, circled on our schedule. That's a team that um, you know uh, traditionally has been a rival for us at Logan High. They've been really really good the past two seasons, and and um, you know uh, we feel like this is a season that uh, we have as much or more talent than them, and we're going to go in and and um, Do everything we can to get a win against them.
1: Logan gets the win tonight over Herbert Hoover, Zach Green, head coach of the Running Wildcats. I think that moniker is back to being accurate with them again this year. Uh, Zach, thanks so much for joining us, Coach Green. Thank you guys for having me. All right, let's go right back to the phone lines. And things are backing up. We've got to create some time here as well. So we're going to have to run through this uh, kind of quickly. Let's go to Brian Sexton, public address broadcaster. For Calvary Baptist Academy, as the Patriots played Cross Lanes tonight, and uh, Brian, things continuing to go well for Calvary Baptist.
18: Well, Ryan, good evening, guys. We we've uh, we split the week this week. We had a, a tough game at Grace on Tuesday night and pulled that one out and, and beat the the soldiers. But tonight was a tough one. We lost seventy four sixty six at Cross Lanes Christian. A back and forth game. Um but uh you know the the Warriors were balanced. They had five guys in double figures tonight, uh led by uh, Ethan Hicks and and Brendan Jeffrey and we unfortunately did not match their scoring. We had two guys, uh Isaac Massey with twenty seven tonight, and uh Robert Clutter, our big six five junior center, had twenty five points and seventeen boards tonight. So uh we just we they, they shot the ball well. We we didn't shoot it particularly well and and the second quarter was the turning point, Ryan. We just uh, we got outplayed in the second quarter and picked up some fouls and turned it over a little bit. But uh, cross lanes is tough, man, especially when you play them at senior night at their place.
1: What's the old saying? Sometimes the other team just wins.
18: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 you know the thing of it is our kids played hard. I mean, we we had that thing, like I said, it was an eight point game, and we just had some shots that didn't fall there down the stretch. And I think if if we'd have had some 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 buckets fall, it might have been a, a different outcome. But uh, our kids played hard, and you know we're still twelve and four. We go into next week with a couple of games against Point Pleasant on Thursday night. That game got moved to Thursday night, and then we got handed next Friday night. So. Uh, we, we go right from the frying pan to the fire, man. Hey, it should be a lot of fun. Brian, thanks
1: so much for joining us. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Again, that's Brian Sexton, the public address voice of Calvary Baptist Academy as the Patriots fall tonight to cross Lane's Christian. We're going to go right back to the phones. Morgan Sherwood and Emma Schwartzmiller of the Eagle News Network. They had the Hedgesville they, – they cover Hedgesville basketball and um, – First off, welcome back to the program.
19: Oh, thank you for having us back. We are so thankful that you guys reached out to us again. It's definitely such a great experience.
1: I enjoyed having you guys on last week, and we'll we'll do it again here. Victory tonight for Hedgesville over Musselman.
19: Oh, yeah, that was definitely not what we expected. It was going to be a tough competition, especially especially since we didn't have a starter. Number 15, Sheldon Everhart, was suspended from the for the next two games from uh, something that happened later earlier on in the week. So it's definitely a struggle for the Eagles because we weren't expecting to win at not having him there.
1: And uh you, you talk about what happened earlier in the week. I'm not going to put you on the spot to go into too many details about that, but there was a fight or at least a, a skirmish in the Hedgesville Washington game that led to eight players being ejected and um, again I'm not going to put you on the spot with that, but at the same time uh you know there are repercussions and you just mentioned having to play without uh, a starter tonight and um, but still, a good bounce-back win for Hedgesville after uh, all the distraction from that prior game.
19: Yeah, it was definitely nothing we were expecting, especially from coming from a Washington game, which isn't a high-risk team for us. It's not up there with Muscleman and Martinsburg. But definitely, we were all. I think everyone in the stands was shocked by the outcome of tonight's game. The 50-40 win, it was just crazy.
1: And, Emma, you and Morgan had the call of that game. Just uh, tell me a little bit about, from uh, from your perspective, uh, what did Hedgesville do tonight um, to be able to pick up that win?
19: I think in the first half it was evident that they were still trying to work out all the kinks from not having one of their starters there. But come the second half, after they had that pep talk in the locker room, a fire just ignited in the players and even in the crowd as well, and that everyone was just going crazy. So, like, there was so much enthusiasm from the fans, and I think that resonated with the players and came in a good outcome for
1: them. And able to bounce back from, uh, like I said, from all the distractions that come along with that after beating Washington earlier this week, 69 uh, 36 to pick up a win tonight over Musselman. Games next week with Jefferson and Spring Mills. Morgan Sherwood, Emma Schwartzmiller, student broadcasters for the Eagle Sports Network in Hedgesville. Thanks so much for joining us tonight.
19: It was a pleasure you guys having us. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Scott High School boys basketball coach Steve McComas. And again, much, much kind of, more. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to go on. We're not even halfway through, and
6: I'm already worried that we're going to run out of time. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism and Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. This sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism, is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. Don't forget to join us for this week's poll. Go to our website. The poll whole question is on the right-hand side of the page, and a shout-out to our newest Twitter follower tonight, Trevor. Also, Amanda Skaggs joined us tonight. Adam Lawson, Crystal wildfong We also had MHS Athletic Sally Sutherland, Monica Spinella, Trenton C. Barnhart, Mark Harper, Tyler Mitchell. Wide Men Can't Jump. Yes, Wide Men Can't Jump. Kim E. LaDonna Smith, Calvary Baptist Academy, West Virginia. Alexa Branson, Barb, Lighten, Croft, Tim Lair, Tom Barone, Chad Akers, Weston Brown, High School, S. Bones, Tulsa Cheer, Brenda Barker, and Brittany Atkins, they're all part of the family now, following us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Make sure you send us your picks tonight, too and all throughout the week so we can feature them as part of our high-definition video stream. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us tonight.
6: to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com. now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling 1018 on basketball Friday night in West Virginia
1: yes we're going to actually cut this block a little bit shorter than what we normally would uh, the reason for that is we have a special guest in the studio that we want to get to here in just uh, a little bit uh, we'll have to set all that up as well but before we do that, the Scott Skyhawks boys team pick up a win tonight over the West Side Renegades, seventy-one fifty-seven, at the Hatfield McCoy Shootout at the historic, and yes, it is the historic
4: Williamson
1: Fieldhouse. Steve McConus is the head coach of the Skyhawks, and uh, coach, nice win tonight over a, a West Side team that I think most everyone will agree is better than its record would indicate.
20: Yes, I agree. Uh, they're much better than the record in case they played a tough schedule right out of the gate. They've uh, they've uh, been up against it for sure.
4: Coach, uh, big week, uh, of course, uh, playing in the uh, tournament there in Williamson this weekend. But uh, just rolling in, you know, you guys got four games this week. Started off a little tough, but uh, much improved Skyhawks, uh since the last time we talked to you.
20: Yeah, we've uh, we've been playing 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 better, Joe. Uh, yeah, it has been a tough week. We had Chapmanville on Monday. They uh, had a good game. We had Wayne last night. Uh, came out with the win on the West Side. West Side tonight. Down at half of them. The out. shootout. It's always a good time to go down there. And we got East Ridge tomorrow. So yeah, it's been a been a busy week. What do you
4: know about Eastridge? Have uh, you got to see him play or scout him any for that game tomorrow?
20: I, I've actually just come up with a film tonight, so uh, I'm getting ready to watch it and see what I can come up with. So, no, don't know much about him right now. Well, well, uh, we'll, have we'll have to give you some little time little... to watch that film <laughs>
1: because it's the game. that's <laughs> it's going to yeah. <laughs> yeah, it be a late night.
20: Yeah, it's going to be a late night.
1: Uh, just so, from your perspective, being a part of the Hatfield-McCoy shoot out there at the Williamson Field House and taking a team in there—I know this isn't the first time you've done that—but at the same time, just kind of take take me in there from your perspective, uh, game to play in that event with the people who put that event on and in that, you know, kind of a, one of the shrines of basketball within West Virginia in terms of uh, venues.
20: Yeah, it, it is a great historic venue. It's uh, you know, it's just our. Third year in a row going down there. Uh, probably four out of the last five years. So uh, we like going down there. It's an easy trip for us, but you know, historic uh, like venue, like you said, and uh, it's uh, it's neat to play. Neat place to go. Take a team to. We usually go down there and play two games and uh, enjoy it. We played well down there over the last couple of years. Scott Skyhawks boys pick
1: up the win tonight as uh, they defeat Westside and. They'll get ready for action again tomorrow with East Ridge, Kentucky. Then next week a game with Winfield. Uh, so we'll talk uh, much more about that as the season goes along. Again, an improving basketball club. Steve McComas, head coach of the Scott Skyhawks boys. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Coach. All right, Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks, thanks so. Thanks so much. And again, uh, Coach McComas, uh, really appreciate him uh, joining us. And we're gonna have to go to break in a little bit before I've got a story too to tell. That's coming up in just a moment. <laughs> First, let's go over to the score center, to Marcus Constantino.
0: Ryan, we've got this score just in from McDowell County. The Wyoming East Warriors defeat Riverview 66-32, to 32. but the story of this game, uh, Wyoming East's Sky Davidson puts up a triple-double, 11 points, 11 assists, and 10 steals in the uh, Warriors' win over Riverview. Jazz Blankenship also adds 20 points, and Emily Saunders uh, puts up 16 for the Wyoming East Warrior again, Wyoming East sixty six, Riverview thirty two. Look out for the Warriors come March. Yeah,
1: and the girls' basketball team down there has been very strong for the last four years or so now. And if you thought the the graduation of Gabby Lapardis was going to change exactly. things, not uh, a maybe a little, but not yeah, not really noticeable. And uh, Sky Davidson was injured last year and she didn't get to play uh, most of the year. And now as a sophomore getting the reins at the point guard position for that program and. Well, they got a lot of weaponry. They do. They do.
4: And, uh, I enjoy watching them and their coach. Uh, she's got it together down there. They they do a great job with that that program.
1: Sure do. And uh, Angie Bonzini's her name. We'll uh, we'll talk with her at some point in the season. We all you know she's always been gracious enough with her time. Uh, talk about the Hatfield McCoy shootout going on right now. We don't have a score for this one just yet, but it's going on right now. Mingo Central is taking on Phelps, Kentucky. Why do I bring that up? Well, Phelps is the home of uh, Urban Step back in the late 70s into 1980 the seventy-nine eighty year his senior year he averaged 53.7 points per game for Phelps High School which ranked second nationally um, the previous year he averaged 47.2 points per game
2: wow so you know he he got a little he improved a little bit um, you got to always look to get better, but uh, probably more than some probably more than some team's average, just to be honest with you. And through all of that, he's still only the 11th leading
1: scorer all time in the state of Kentucky. Oh, my goodness. And again, he graduated. <laughs> There's been a lot of great players <laughs> yeah. come out of Kentucky. <laughs> he, uh, he scored over 3,200 career points. Today is his birthday.
12: Oh, okay. How
4: about know. that? How about that? Where, where did you find this great
1: information? Um, I'm, I'm, okay, honestly, uh, <laughs> that came from uh, good buddy JR uh who is former Mr. Basketball in Kentucky, right. led Paintsville to the state championship um, more than 20 years ago now, and uh, he's somebody who uh, he he's all about the history of Kentucky high school basketball, and uh, he, he just posted that this morning. I saw that. Oh, interesting. Man, here you go. My parents went to watch a Phelps. Mullins, not West Virginia, but Mullins-Kentucky game um, when Irvin Stepp was there. It all comes full circle, guys. It all comes full circle. Right now, we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we have a special guest in studio. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball, High School basketball. This <laughs> Basketball Friday Night, and West
6: Virginia returns here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in
7: West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. And many places you can find us. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And you can find us locally on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Follow us on Twitter, of course, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can call the show tonight, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, Trevor, Amanda Skaggs, Adam Lawson, Dylan Rogie, Rodney, Darren Logan, TJ, Robin Carpenter, Sean Radford, JD, Brittany Adkins, Tulsa Cheer. All part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Don't forget the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you and all teams in West Virginia. We'll send followers an email at 8 a.m with the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and uh, check on day's scores. Now you can go to our website and you can sign up to receive the Daily Hoops Roundup. And we want you to become part of our basketball score reporting team too. Send them to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Email scores at basketballnight.com and you can send us a text too.
6: high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: Ten twenty-seven on the program. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone with you. Joe Linville is in studio with us tonight as well, but we have a special guest, and fortunately, every now and then, things just kind of fall into place. Okay. Western Kentucky <laughs> University is playing at Marshall tomorrow night in men's basketball. Randy Lee is the voice of the Hilltoppers. Now, that alone normally won't get you on this show. <laughs> I wouldn't thank the, <laughs> the enemy. Uh, hey, we'll circle we'll this all around, just give me some time here. But uh, he's a Marshall University grad and a Grafton High School alum. Randy, welcome, kind of, sort of home. You're not in the WMUL studios no, upstairs. but, but
21: uh, c- close enough. Yeah. I-, I feel like it's home tonight.
1: Yes, and uh, wearing the Grafton Bearcat shirt.
21: I didn't have one, so I put my mother to work this past week. You know, she's retired at her age, so she was happy to help me out. They sent me one. The basketball coach sent me another one, and I didn't like that one as well as the one my mom got me. So I'm wearing my mom's my mom's shirt. <laughs> so uh, you
1: know, I know you have so much going on right now, and people who don't necessarily know when you're a, when you're the voice of a. Of a Division One school basketball program—you have to be engrossed with that. That's right. pretty much all you can take in. Our know, brains can only hold so much when it comes to that. But uh, just t- just take me back to when you were you were in high school, going to Grafton. No,
21: back in those days, the Big Ten Conference was AAA, and uh, the, the best schools really. Every I was thinking more about this as, as today progressed. What the better teams were back in those days. '79 was my first year as a varsity player. And Liberty, or now RC Bird, was was the best team. They had Bill Leeson, who went on to play tight end at Virginia Tech. They had Scott Carey, the younger brother Mike Carey, who was the West Virginia University women's head basketball coach. So they were by far the best team in '79. They went and played Princeton in the opening round of the tournament, well, was at the Coliseum, and Princeton had Jimmy Miller and um, and Alan Williams. Yeah, they didn't win that game. <laughs> uh, in '80, my junior year, by Canada, she was the best team. They had the Twin Towers. Rob Bennett, who went on to play at West Virginia as a tight end, he was six eight, about 250, 260 and he went on to play for the Saints in the NFL. Uh, Tim Murphy was six six, who later became one of the all time greatest players at Fairmont State University history. So they won it in '80, then '81, they won it again. But um, Northberry had a good team in '81. Rich Rodriguez, there was what was his name? Now he was on the North American team in '81. He beat me out of the uh, Big Ten scoring title, darn guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's also beat me at the bank about every other week too since then too. So he's, he's made a lot of money over the years. Oh, so th- those are some of my memories of some of the better teams uh, in '79, '80, 80, and
1: '81. And um, I mean it's kind of a golden era in, in high school basketball in West Virginia we've, we've talked about this and the reason why this program exists um, I think everybody loves football but you go to one session of the Boys State Basketball Tournament it outdraws the basketball, or the football state championship games yeah.
21: I think this is a sport that yeah. the state kind of rallies around no doubt about it I remember going to the one in 70 I was at the Coliseum I think it's the last year then I went to, back to Charleston so uh, I attended the mall you know, when I was growing up and uh... I couldn't wait to get there, and it was, uh, I don't know how big it is now, but it was really big back then, and and the, the best teams in the state in my years in, in, in varsity basketball are Princeton and Williamson. Uh, Princeton won two out of the three years I was in, in high school, and then uh, that last game, I'll never forget, it was in Charleston, it was Princeton and Williamson in the final. Princeton had Jimmy Miller, Alvin Williams, he graduated, already gone to Duke, and uh, had a bunch of other guys, uh, Kenny Walker played at A.B., and that point guard who went on to play at West Virginia State. Well, they're playing Mark Klein and that bunch of Williamson, coached yeah. by was it Mark Hatcher? Was that his name? Alan Hatcher. Alan Hatcher. Tracy and, Phillips was on the team. Oh he went goodness. to East Tennessee. He played yeah. at Williamson. So you, I think I think every player in, uh, on both those teams, all ten starters, played college ball yeah. at, at somewhere.
12: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's outstanding, and. Um, yeah. You know, now, just kind of to transition uh, transition this. When did you decide? You know, I can stay around sports.
21: There's a way to do so without playing. Well, I just I thought I wanted to be a coach, and um, but found out I couldn't tell people what to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I didn't think that was going to work out too well. Uh, they, they asked me to be my. Uh, I don't know if it's like this in every high school, but uh, they would ask uh, one of the basketball players to coach your class the kids who didn't play varsity basketball you'd have the seniors against the juniors yep. so they asked me to coach it and, and I, I, I couldn't tell my friends what to do so I thought <laughs> man I, I, I can't probably come into coaching and I, as a kid I always listened to games on the radio listen to Frank Lee broadcast the Fairmont State games religiously I mean I never missed a broadcast of especially the basketball games of course I listened to Jack Fleming too at mm-hmm. WVU back in those days it was a bigger world there wasn't much Marshall Sports in North Central West Virginia, so there was no radio broadcast you could pick up. It was just West Virginia University at Fairmont State, and I just listened to those games. And So when I came here to Marshall, I heard they had a campus radio station. I stumbled in with some, and uh, quickly got involved and um, lucked out many different times. And I still have some great friends who are here in Huntington. In fact, my chauffeur tonight was Bill Cornwell who got me here. It's only about a three-block walk, but it's too cold to walk from the hotel. <laughs> And, of course, Chuck Bailey, who meant so much to me, is, is still here helping out so many people. So um, great times back in those days. I was here from 80, I guess my freshman year was 81, 82, and then graduated in 84, 85. And I've been in the sports broadcasting world ever since.
1: And something that I I find interesting, I'm not going to put you in a difficult spot here because I could, but I won't. (laughs) That would be rude. But uh, I have to imagine that in some respects, when you do your game preparation for Western Kentucky, when they're playing Marshall, it might not be as hard to do the, um, you know, to learn a little bit about the players because a lot of Marshall's players are from West Virginia, from places you know about,
21: right? Yeah, it, it is easier, and of course. Being an alum of Marshall, I follow them more closely than any other team in Conference USA. Now, my paycheck is WKU. <laughs> I bleed red, you know. I want Marshall to do well. and uh, But yeah, it's a lot easier, and it's, it's my most enjoyable broadcast, especially when I get to come back to the Henderson Center. My freshman year at Marshall was the first year of the Henderson Center. And once Western Kentucky joined Conference USA, it's this, this kind of worked out. I think it's developed into quite a rivalry.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're they're expecting maybe a sellout tomorrow night.
21: Well, I knew when I heard how Greer was going to have a statue this year, you'd reserve it for our game so you <laughs> back pack the place. I, you know, Marshall does strange things like that when we show up. Hey, yeah, we
1: had, uh, let's see, did the, the, um, the Friends of Cole night a few years ago? Wore uh, black jerseys for the first time.
21: Had something in football season one year for us. Yeah,
1: you, know, you, you, save, you save your best stuff for us when we arrive. Hey, but uh, Western Kentucky and Marshall has they, developed into a great rivalry. Uh, Western Kentucky hammered Marshall in the Henderson Center a year ago. Marshall got them in by one in the conference title game, and I mean the, that had to be a, a, an interesting experience for you to so get to call that game,
21: even if it's like you said, your paycheck comes from Western Kentucky. Well, yeah, you know, I, I definitely wanted WKU to win that game, but if, if, if WKU doesn't win, I certainly want Marshall to go, and it, it had been so long since Marshall had been to the NCAA tournament. I was, uh, you know, happy for them, happy for Steve Cotton, his first NCAA broadcast, and then, uh, you know, certainly happy for the school when they beat Wichita State and continued uh, the straight-eyed conference USA. now now had four straight years with a, the with a first-round win in the NCAA tournament, so it was good to see Marshall kept that alive last year.
1: And uh, just just take me a little bit on your broadcast journey because I mean you played basketball at Grafton High School, you attended Marshall University, now you're the voice of Western Kentucky University. But there were some there were some nice stops along the way. And hey, we've got ten minutes.
21: Have at it. <laughs> well, it won't take you ten. It could take you ten minutes. Oh uh, well, when I first got out of college, I was a minority baseballs announcer, so I did that for about uh, a decade, and would get some high school play by play stuff in it's a small college basketball landed at Fairmont State College one year when my idol frankly he had some health issues, so they asked me to um, I was in Florida at the time working for the Mets organization and monitoring Baseball could you come back and fill in for frank and it was an honor for me to fill in for such a great gentleman frankly at Fairmont State University, so I did that for a year and then I decided to get out of pro baseball and I wanted to get back into college full time so I took a Division two job out in Texas a A place I'd never even heard of before, Angelo State University, but I had a great six years there. And then I always always wanted to uh, live in California. You'd grown up as a kid, you'd see the game of the Rose Bowl. And you're freezing at home, and you see the Rose Bowl. (laughs) And I wanted to go to the Rose Bowl. So I lucked out and got a job at UC Santa Barbara. So I was their radio announcer for their sports for five years. And then I always wanted to work for a big network. So, I heard about a job at the University of Nebraska, so applied for that job, and fortunately got that so I was at Nebraska for a period of five years and uh, that uh, you talk about a uh, fan base that 's a fan base that 's for every sport that 's just not for football it 's for every sport and A new athletic director showed up, and uh, he was one of my favorite people, so i was um, decided I would look as as long as a lot of other people and I heard about Western Kentucky University wanting to move up from 1AA football to 1A football and they wanted to find someone to help them build the network and bring more money in the front door and all this or that so I lucked out and got that job and that was in 19 uh, well I don't know 2000 and what years is 2018? That was 2007 <laughs> yeah I so I uh, arrived in 2007 unfortunately I'm still there so that's a quick synopsis of uh... My uh, my broadcasting career. So, so to, to kind of sum it up, you can go from
1: playing high school basketball in Grafton to attending Marshall University.
21: Basically, then you've got all kinds of avenues that you can take. When people ask me where I go to went to school, I probably say Marshall University and WML meant everything to me. Um, I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for this school, for the broadcasting program, for people who cared about me when I was in this broadcasting program, with Chuck Bailey. Is a guy that I think of just about every day because uh, when I came here, when he came here, I had been here as a freshman, and sophomore, and sort of like swimming in water with everyone else. And uh, Chuck said a few things and uh, gave me a little bit of a sense of purpose and gave me some confidence. And he probably was lying about my ability, but thankfully he was lying. <laughs> he thought he told me some things and I felt like, well, maybe I can do this. So I uh, decided I was going to get some internships and interned after my um, sophomore year, my junior year in professional baseball went to Charleston, South Carolina and slept on a sofa for two summers (laughs) in the ballpark just trying to break through and uh, it all worked out Randy
1: Lee, now the voice of the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers, a Marshall University alum at a Grafton High School alum and a former basketball player for the Bearcats. Randy, it's been a pleasure.
21: Well, thank you for inviting me, and uh, I had a good time. Uh, you guys have a great show here. Fantastic. I, I do want to mention,
1: too, because uh, I, I went through this broadcasting program with Dr. Bailey as well, and every now and then we'd get a note from Dr. Bailey or he would forward an email. You kind of still, at least every now and then, listen to at least snippets of the student broadcast. Oh,
21: sure. I want I want every graduate to be successful, and I've had a time or two to come back and uh, and, and meet them, and it's always a special time, especially when we're when I'm back here in Huntington to meet them as well. And I, not everyone who's at MUL decides to get into broadcasting as a full time job, but I certainly uh, will do anything I can to help. Whomever I can, either of job placement or just uh, some words of encouragement, because, uh, like I said, I it's made my life very special.
1: It's been a pleasure, Randy. Thanks, appreciate but, it. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with West McKinney, WAEY Radio, in Princeton, and our resident referee Bo Anderson's on the clock. He's
6: waiting. We'll talk about basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: This is High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, and tonight you'll meet someone from Riverside. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Do you have an athlete that made an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Don't forget to also join us online in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, should teams be required to play each of their sectional opponents at least once during the regular season? Go to BasketballNight.com. On the right-hand side of the page, you'll see the poll question and give us your yes or no. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote. Join us on Twitter, too. Send us your picks Send us your team photos. Send us pictures of your fans and your games. We want it all right here. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
6: basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 10:42 on the program
1: ryan epling rick marone joe linville happy to have you along with us big thanks out to randy lee of the western kentucky university hilltopper sports network for joining us Tell you stories about I really enjoyed that, that. I,
4: I, I don't know if you saw me standing over there very intensely listening I, I <laughs> totally enjoyed that and,
1: and um, it's just uh, it it's one I, I'll tell you this show has been so much fun from a standpoint of just the people we've gotten to interact with over the years I mean it's hard to believe we're in season 5 um, cause we're not we're in season 6, six?
4: <laughs> I, I was sitting there thinking I think
1: <laughs> episode 6 of season 6 we all lose count but um yeah, we, we kind of, we, when we set this program up, we kind of looked at the season in three parts. In the first five episodes of the or of the show, first five weeks, we're basically trying to get a feel for all the teams. The last five are all tournament-related. Uh, These middle five are when we get to kind of share some stories and kind of put some things into perspective um, and, and get to just kind of try to talk to some interesting people. Another story, uh, real fast, before we go to Wes McKinney, uh, tonight at the Charleston Coliseum I think I think it should be about over by now But uh, the WWE Had a live show um, From their Raw brand And one of the performers was Heath Slater Now no one in West Virginia Who follows high school basketball Will put the two together, of Heath Slater and West Virginia High School Basketball, but that's his stage name, his real name is Heath Miller. He was a member of the 2002 Wyoming East Boys Basketball State Championship team. So he's performing tonight, and he's been there, he's been with the company for like 10 years, but he's performing tonight in the same building where he won a state (laughs) championship 17 years ago. Wow, that's pretty interesting. If you think about it, <laughs> life comes full circle, and uh, yeah, and he had a basketball scholarship to Potomac State. Uh, went up there for a couple of years and uh, decided that wasn't for him, and went back home to to Wyoming County to Pineville, and uh, then he uh, decided to get into uh, the wild and crazy world of professional wrestling. So.
4: He was at the Charleston Civic Center. He was at the <laughs>
1: Charleston Civic Center in two thousand two. Tonight he was at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. I, you know, uh, it's it's all about branding. Uh, yeah, and you know how much the signage is going. I mean, they've got to change all the the, the and the logo. Well, the, the I mean the, that a lot of that's expensive. The Civic Center was located on Civic Center Drive. Do they have to rename that now? What about the Holiday Inn Civic Center next door? Do they have to <laughs> rename it? I don't know. I mean, what has Charleston got itself into? I know they're trying to rebrand it because it's a, it's basically a new building. It's completely new on the uh, the outside, but the actual arena is the same as it's always been, uh, for better or for worse. It would look weird if they did a lot of internal <laughs> work there, but. Uh, you yeah, know, the Grand Lobby area, not nearly what it used to be. It's no. uh, just a totally different feel. No, field, if you
2: haven't uh, been there, it, it's a different it's, experience for totally. you. And uh, if they just get the Wi-Fi ready for the spring, uh, mean, I hate to they jinx have it, promise. but they have I'm promise. telling you, uh, if they don't get that fixed, they will not be called either one of the names that <laughs> Ryan's mentioned tonight. Because, <laughs> that will be other names. <laughs> yes, used. there will be other names added to it. <laughs> hey, Ryan,
4: did you notice we had uh, a new uh, fixture on the set tonight? Um, well, I haven't looked in front it's, of me. It's, right. it's to your right. It's to your right, Marone. Well, it's, <laughs> it's hanging on his face. I, I,
1: I noticed that uh, Coach Marone breaking out the, the reading glasses. Readers, yes. I,
2: I didn't know what Shinders. they were. <laughs> I was uh, exposed to them a, a while back, and uh, it helps when you get to my age. So. <laughs> life changing, <laughs> yes, life changing, and I wanted to share it with you all. <laughs> you know, family. Yeah, that's so, all right. Thanks, Joe, for bringing us everybody's attention. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> Joe doesn't let anything get by us. No, no, I too. saw Bill whispering in his ear on the way out the door, so. Joe, <laughs> no,
12: that, that had nothing to
4: do with it. Yeah, well, uh, maybe he could <clears> slip <throat> some money in my pocket.
1: There's a nice win tonight for the Princeton Tigers. That's a boys' ball club that's um, you know, had a pretty good start to the season now, 7 and 3. Most of the girls' teams are past the halfway point of their 21 allotted games. The boys' teams are now uh, right about reaching that point as well. I mean, that's how far along we are in this season. And a uh, nice win tonight for Princeton over View in boys basketball action. If you follow us on Twitter, we retweeted Wes McKinney on um, some video he showed. We'll talk about that in a moment. Princeton wins the win 84-66 tonight. Wes joins us now from WAEY Radio and... Uh Wes, you have kind of fallen into a little story time there. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us.
15: No, it's all good, guys. Uh there there's always a Western connection back to your Heath Slater deal there. There's always somewhere, there's always a Western connection and obviously Heath Slater fits right in to that lineage of there's always a connection somewhere <laughs> with
1: West <laughs> If you look hard enough, it's there, west
15: Princeton, yeah, big, big man dig here. a little more, but, <laughs> but yes you're 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 hundred percent right. there's always a connection somewhere, yeah, but guys, uh princeton tonight uh, uh a nice win at pikeview and, and Pikeview's a really young team, they only have one senior on their whole roster, Princeton throttled them by thirty five at home uh back in the middle part of december and and I thought Pikeview played really tough tonight to really after halftime Pikeview was punch for punch with Princeton in fact Pikeview outscored Princeton by one point in the second half now I know things were kind of under control um Princeton was up 19 at halftime but Pikeview fought they had it down to a 12 point game with about 2 minutes left to go Princeton got a couple easy transition buckets with Pikeview trying to foul their late in, in the game and the Tigers win by uh by 18 points tonight but uh you really scrappy. Princeton had three players in double figures. Cade Fix, who just continues his torrid three-point pace here since the calendar has flipped over to 2019. Four more three-pointers tonight for him. He had 27 points. His senior guard uh, mate in the backcourt there, Drew Hopkins, he had a double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Obviously, I think it gives your team a big boost when you have a guard that rebounds at the rate which Drew is, and actually he's now leading Princeton and rebounds per game this year, just um, a little less than six per game for Hopkins. And then Ethan Parsons, the sophomore, he went for 21 points. So that three-headed monster that's been leading Princeton all year did their thing tonight, and Princeton got uh, a pretty easy win, albeit it uh, got, close, got closer than Princeton wanted it too late.
1: Well, you tweeted out some video tonight and uh, had the old uh, hashtag SCTop10. And it's potentially a top-ten play. We've got it airing on our video feed right now, and uh, you saw quite the dunk from Chiron Kennedy. Yep.
15: Yeah, guys, I'm not exactly sure. I get to watch, I'm, I'm blessed in my job, I get to watch a lot of basketball, both high school and college, and I don't think I've seen a dunk quite like that one. I'm, there's maybe only one other that I saw three years ago in a, in a Division two college game that would stack up to... What I saw tonight, but yeah, Kyron Kennedy um, elevated uh, over uh, sophomore Pikeview guard Gage Damewood, who stands—I uh, think they list him at five nine. Kyron's about six two, um, and and he just got the ball on a fast break, went down the left wing, and and, and elevated over him. And fortunately for Kyron, he's also a lefty, so it made it a little bit easier for him. But uh, yeah, a nasty, nasty dunk tonight, and I, there was some. There was some debate whether Dane Wood for Pikeview stood in there for the charge, and I went back and looked at it. It's a bang-bang play, and I'm just kind of of the belief, like, if someone dunks, like, don't take away their, like, thunder. Like, call it a block. Just, I mean, I'm 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 not asking for much, am I?
1: As someone who has been anchored to the floor basically his entire life, um, no, I understand what you're saying, but, um, that yeah, was a bang bang play. That wasn't an easy one. It wasn't anything obvious there. But um, yeah, feats of athleticism that uh, not many can achieve.
15: No, 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 not at all. And, and guys, really, Kennedy's I mean, if he continues to play at the pace that he's been playing at here, he played well against Bluefield in the loss last week, had another really nice game again tonight, I mean, if he gives Princeton even a fourth scoring option, the Tigers are going to be a tough outcome up here during postseason play, but before we get to the postseason Tigers, as you can probably see on their schedule there, a really tough uh, week coming up or really two weeks for Princeton, three straight road games they go to Blacksburg next Friday night a team that's already beat Princeton by five points at home this year, they go to Capital next Saturday um, a place Princeton hasn't played, obviously, with the whole MSAC deal since 2015. And then two weeks from tomorrow, they'll go to Greenbrier East, who is much, much improved, and they already have a win. over Woodrow Wilson on their resume this year. So a really important two weeks here for Princeton coming up. Seven and three. I mean, you'd like to get at least a couple of those wins in, in, in the three games coming up.
1: Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton. Thanks so much for joining us.
15: Thank you, guys. Take
1: care. All right. Again, Wes, with The great video. We've got it on our website, uh, on our um, Twitter handle, too.
4: If Hoops- i been playing defense, I don't think I would have got in front of him and tried <laughs> to take the charge.
1: If if, if he could jump like that and I was the size I was in, like, ninth or tenth grade when I was still under six foot, yeah, I'm not saying because there, there's a good chance he's just going to clear me. <laughs> I mean, you know, if that happens, I mean, more power to him. But... um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I, if I were a little bit taller if I'd want to hang in
2: there at all. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Randy Lee mentioned a couple names. Uh, just a short segue. Uh, he talked about Mark Klein and Tracy Phillips that played at Williamson. I'm a sophomore. We played them. I was in the early 80s too. In the field house. We're getting run out of the field house in, in my high school. I'm on the JV. They run us in there. Williamson doesn't sub. And here comes the break and you got Mark Klein at the point and Phillips still at the right wing and guess who's back. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I decide I'm going to step in, and I, he dishes off, and it's a big tomahawk dunk. I go sliding into the front row, and there's no call in <laughs> Williamson that night. <laughs> there was no block or charge. So <laughs> hey, those
1: are the those are the times that.
2: You remember those? I, I do mean, remember that, those. I remember staring up at
6: those rafters. He still remembers the stars. <laughs> yeah, and
2: yeah. it was a it was a great time. And uh, and like you said, just uh, folks get a chance to see that that video feed right there. I mean, that's amazing. We're running up against the top of the hour, so we're going to hold on
1: for Lance Sutherland, head coach of the Hurricane Boys. We'll get him first thing um, after the uh, top of the hour because uh, we'd have to cut him really yeah. tight and really short right now if we took him at this moment. Bo Anderson can wait a little bit longer. I do have some stuff for Bo, though, because uh, there were some situations that I crossed paths with I did not see in person but heard about secondhand. and just kind of want to walk him through what I uh, – Understand that happened and uh, get his perspective on things. I always enjoy that. Um, Getting to talk about the intricacies of the rules of play. We'll also do our standout athlete of the week um, segment with Luke Creasy, our special correspondent, will be in uh, a little bit later as well. And then we will talk with our standout athlete. I know things are a little bit crunched, but um, we were fortunate to have Randy Lee in studio tonight.
2: And I mean, he sat, he he waited for an hour, Bo. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 He waited in person. The Iron Man Award is in the Grafton Bearcat hand right now. You got work to do, Bo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that reminded me, though, talking with him.
1: And again, we've got a couple minutes here before the break. Um, when I was in school, I was in high school. And, you know, eventually that realization hits you that, well, this is the end of the line for me when it comes to athletics. There's, there's, <laughs> that ended
4: for me my freshman year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but I, I, always, I grew up around sports and uh, grew up, um, you know, working on a press box of football games. And uh, my dad is a, was an assistant high school basketball coach when I was growing up. So I basically grew up in a basketball gym and, you know, tried to find ways to be around it without having, you know, without having the ability to play at a higher level. And um, broadcasting is something that uh, has allowed me to stay in the game, so to speak. And, um, you know, just the opportunities that we have to, uh, to be around the game are, are a lot of fun. And uh, I hope that none of us take them for granted. I don't think we do. I think, I think all of us sort of have a, a nice perspective. Coach is over here coaching most of the time, anyway. But uh, we, we don't have a nice perspective of things that, you know, we find a way to stay involved. And broadcasting is an excellent way to do that. Absolutely. And in a, in a time where uh, the journalism field is a little bit dicey. I mean, there were a bunch of layoffs just recently at the Dallas uh, Morning News. Um, you know, newspapers are, uh, it, it's tough. It's, and that, that's oh, going through technology. all of uh, Absolutely. Somebody's got to call games.
4: Exactly. They they're, can't automate that yet. They'll, they'll be. Well, they'll, they're probably yeah. working on it. <laughs> Robot. Yeah. Third over to the corner. <laughs> shoots up all.
1: Good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're working on it. But um, you know, as of right now, that's one way to, to stay involved. and Another way is to uh, get involved with officiating. I mean, there, there's a shortage needed. of officials.
2: Yeah, yeah Bo always talks about that. It's 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 getting to a critical stage. I can tell you. I mean, if people want to be involved, uh, that's a great way to stay I in talked the game.
4: To a couple this week, and and you know, not really at retirement age, but looking to give it up, and you know, they're afraid there's not going to be anybody there to replace
1: them. And that's uh, definitely something that uh, we have to all kind of keep an eye on because you can't play without them. Right. So there again, my point being though, if you're a high school athlete out there and you love the you love sports, but you're you're not seeing a way to, to stay on the field or in, the, in competition. There are other ways to stay involved. Basketball Friday night in
6: West Virginia, Hour 3, coming up after the break, here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the mountain state, including... 105, KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and Heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 FM, Jack FM, WQWE and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, W... THMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Lindside 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM, 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WIAPLP in Clay. FM WASP-LP in Huntington. 101.1 FM WVWP-LP in Wayne. 90.7 FM WFGH-4K. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington.
0: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: Well, Friday night in West Virginia, third and final hour of the past three hours in radio. I'm two thirds the way through this show already. Who knew? Uh, Luke Creasy is with us. We'll talk with him about our standout athlete of the week in just a couple of moments. Joe Lindvall back with us as well. Rick Marone is in studio. Bill Cornwell has left the building. Um, we will have a, our resident referee Bo Anderson on in, in just a moment. Um, but before we uh move forward. Let's talk with Hurricane High School coach Lance Sutherland. The Redskins pick up a win tonight in the Hatfield Hatfield McCoy shootout at the Williamson Fieldhouse over Tug Valley and coach uh your team played a scrappy ball club tonight and your team able to scrap out a win.
22: Yeah, it was it was it was an ugly an ugly contest, but Tug Valley's pretty good. They're young and uh, they're playing pretty well. Uh, we were down a starter. Jordan obviously didn't make the trip sitting. He had the stomach fire. So it, it was an interesting
1: evening. And, and getting to uh, make that trip down to Williamson, and uh, I, I can tell you the, the roads from Hurricane. It's not that it's a bad road. It's just that there's no direct road there to get to, to Williamson <laughs> from and, uh you know, able to make that trip and uh, beat a very good Tug Valley team that, like you said, is very young. Um, and to do it without one starter, I, I have to feel like you're at least um, – you know, content with how your team played tonight?
22: Yeah, we are. Like I said they battled, they they stayed in it, and they they did a great job. And like I said, this is our seventh game in 15 days, and about 3,000 miles getting those fifth or seven games in. So we're pretty tired.
1: Yeah, I mean, last weekend you were in the Panhandle, and uh this weekend playing yep. two games in. You can't get further apart in this state than that. Uh, I think that's uh that's interesting yep. that you're able to do that.
22: Yeah, well, like I said, you know, we'll we'll play anybody anywhere. So just get on the bus and go and play.
4: Coach, you're ten and two at this point. Uh are you satisfied uh, with the team, you know, at this point in the season. You're about halfway through or actually you're a little over halfway through and, and ready to, to get into the grind before the sectionals come up.
22: Yeah, I'm you know, like I said, we're we're playing well. I don't think anybody expects us to be where we're at. And uh, you know, we have two really close losses, so you know, I'm I'm really happy with what we're doing. Like I said, we're really tired right now. Them a few days off and regroup and get ready to go back out on Thursday against Parkersburg. But yeah, we're, we're playing well and we play together as a team. We're hard to beat.
1: and Your, your basketball club has lost two games. You mentioned a one point loss to St. Albans, uh, where they hit a three right at the very end of the game. Um, and one of those learning situations. Uh, you know, uh, I saw the video of that last shot and a high ball screen and went under it, and left the shooter open. Right, and that's something that. Even if you teach it, teach it, teach it, you don't see the, um, the effects of it until it happens to you in a game, and I'm sure that's something that you're able to work on from there on out. Oh, no, yeah, exactly.
22: And actually, you know, our thing was if it's more than five seconds, we say go under. If it's less than five seconds, go over. Because his, his later three-point shooting has been not really great this year. So we thought, you know, he probably one try to drive to the basket. So we thought we'd cut that off. And we picked one, and we picked the wrong one. Hey, that's that's, that's life, you know, though, sometimes. Um, and I can say it's karma, I guess, for <laughs> what we did to GW, I guess.
1: Yeah, there you go. Adam, Adam went over George Washington 74-73 earlier in the season. That one also at the buzzer. So your team's been in uh, quite a few games that have come right down to the wire. Uh, that included uh win over Musselman last week. That was a two-point win. You've had a the one point win over GW, the one point loss to St. Albans, five point loss to Cavill Midland, win today. I've got to feel that your team's at least prepared to be in that type of game uh, come postseason time.
22: Oh yeah, they are. I mean, like, and yeah, they're they're ready. They're they're good. Like I said, we're just tired. I mean, I would I would take them in any any situation right now. They they don't quit. You know, they get after it. They do the things they need to do. So
1: we're we're good to go. We've got to get get our legs back. Coach Lance Sutherland of the Hurricane Redskins, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight. I know we had, to, we had to leave you hanging there for a little bit, but I greatly appreciate you uh, taking time out to talk with us tonight. All right, I thank you. Like I said,
22: love playing down at Williamson. It's a great place to play, and Mark does a great job. So and, I get
1: there every time I can. Absolutely. Head Coach Lance Sutherland of the Hurricane Redskins as they pick up the win tonight over Tug Valley in the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts and Joey Doss of WFGH. FM. They were at the Williamson Field outside for the Hatfield-McCoy shootout all day today, or all evening today, all day, day tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, it's
4: a long weekend for them.
1: Yeah. Is there is there sleeping, like, is there like a
4: couch
23: to sleep on in the field house? No,
4: but I'm sure they can find they, a I, couple of chairs or a couple pads or something like. can bring. some
23: of the best weekends of basketball, though, yeah, when you yeah. get to watch basketball all the time. A weekend.
1: What more could you ask? Absolutely. Luke Creasy, our standout uh, athlete, our special correspondent. He's not our standout athlete. <laughs> no, I'm not Luke. a standout athlete. I can promise
7: you that. That's why we're all here. None of us are.
1: But uh, Luke, uh, you had a chance to catch up with uh, Madison Blankenship, a junior at Riverview High School. She is. Is our Standout Athlete of the Week this week. and Something that stuck out to us, uh, her coach, uh, Gary Justice, who has been so good to call into to us
23: uh, over the years, called her a frustratingly good athlete. Yeah, I was talking to him uh, on actually it was yesterday, and we were kind of talking about the upcoming game. They uh, they had a tough one tonight, but uh, he said he's, she's one of those players that can score however she wants to, and he never knows what's going to happen that night. She can Shoot the three, she can drive, she can pick up fouls, she can score on, on the brakes. And uh, he, said, he said, it's one of those things that you're happy for as a coach, but at the same time, it's frustrating because you, you you don't know what to expect night after ni- night after night, but you can you can expect that she's going to play good ball. Yeah, there's a method to the madness sometimes, and that
1: is I don't know what move I'm going to make before I do it either. <laughs> let's it, just do it just happens. Let's, yeah, let's happens. just go. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand why you feel <laughs> you know, frustrating, but at the same time, when you've got an athlete like that, um, certainly you can you can kind of turn her loose a little bit mm-hmm. uh, from that regard. Three sport athlete right now.
23: But there's a fourth sport in her life as well. And she plays basketball, softball, and volleyball right now. And I was talking with her a little bit uh, again last night. And uh, she said she actually played football growing up. Her, her twin brother uh, still plays football now for uh, Riverview. But uh yeah she she played football growing up and she she has the nickname Mouse. She stands about 5'10 and I was wondering if that had anything to do uh if that nickname had anything to do with that but unfortunately it came from uh well, since she was born. Uh she's she's always been a little bit smaller uh but it has nothing to do with uh, her play on the court. She I'm sure she can weave in and out every now and again but uh Mouse has been her nickname from birth and she's just it's just kind of stuck and the coach and the t- the whole team call her that too. Luke has more now with our standout. Athlete of the Week,
1: Madison Blankenship, a junior at Riverview
23: High School. Grit, determination, motivation. Three of the most common qualities found in any championship athlete. And although the Riverview Lady Raiders have never hoisted a championship trophy, junior Madison Blankenship has had a hand in getting Riverview to the state tournament in Charleston each of the past two years. A rare birth defect, though, forced her into surgery this past off-season and threatened to potentially sideline her for a portion of the girl's basketball season.
24: I had an extra bone in my ankle, and it had got so bad that I could have like two ankle sprains in a, a month.
23: The O.S. trigonum is an extra bone that sometimes develops behind the ankle bone. It's congenital, which means Blankenship has had this since she was born. For some with the medical condition, it goes unnoticed. However, others can develop a painful condition known as O.S. trigonum syndrome, usually triggered by an injury. O.S. trigonum is also frequently caused by repeated downward pointing of the toes, which is common among ballet dancers, soccer players, and other athletes. So Blankenship fits the profile. After having an operation to remove the extra bone, recovery time can range anywhere from 6 to 10 weeks. Blankenship, a three-sport athlete in basketball, volleyball, and softball, was determined to get back on the court fully healthy for basketball season.
24: I was supposed to be like, I think, three weeks in a soft cast, and then I was supposed to be another six weeks in a boot. And I got out of the boot earlier than I was supposed to, and it kind of made the recovery a little bit easier.
23: Blankenship has logged minutes in each of the Lady Raiders games this season and even was back on the court in uniform for the Lady Raiders volleyball team this past fall. As she continues to strengthen that ankle, Lady Raiders head coach Garrig Justice says she's slowly building back up to the physical player she was before the surgery.
8: Yeah, you know, there's been a few times that you know that she's been a little timid getting inside there. Now she keeps going, but again, I think you know as she builds up more confidence again, that she'll be back to being as physical and stuff as she was. Again, I see it more now than I saw it in December than I saw it in November.
23: Of course, Blankenship's earlier than anticipated return to the court was as much for her as it was her team. Having played a key role for the Lady Raiders since her freshman year when she helped lead Riverview to its first-ever state tournament appearance and returning to Charleston a year ago in her sophomore campaign, Blankenship said her experience in each of the past two seasons serves as extra motivation for her return at the end of this year. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia... I'm special correspondent Luke Creasy.
1: Thanks so much, Luke, and if you're looking for scores, you can go to basketballnight.com, go to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter, like us on Facebook, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. All the links are there. There's no excuse for you to not get scores from us from that regard,
4: right? Yeah, I mean, our scoreboard, uh, we've just about... we got the majority of them, so...
1: I mean, it's a... It's yeah, a few stragglers out there. Yeah, uh, I'll just go ahead and put the call out now for Roan County, Clay County, boys' basketball. Uh, Point Pleasant, Hannon, boys' basketball. Mason County showdown there. Union Paw basketball. You know, the town shuts down when those games <laughs> take place. You
4: don't have a connection at Pawpaw? <laughs> you know, I was up by...
1: Uh, by the power plant, where Union is near to. And uh, you get a perspective up there of uh, it's just a little bit different up in the mountains than what it is for uh, for us. So I understand uh, uh, that. But, uh, you know, Tucker County, Pocahontas County boys, Richwood, Liberty Raleigh boys, Winfield, Sissonville boys. That it seems we like we get. have
4: trouble getting that those scores from Putnam County. This. Out in the back door, basically.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how that works. On the girls' side, there are several scores out uh, that we're also looking for um, tonight. Um, St. Mary's, Peyton City would be one that we'd like to get for certain. Of course, we want all of them, but um, Man and Sherman would be another one. And Robert C. Bird and Elkins. Um, several of the girls scores that we don't have We have, like you said we have almost all the scores right now but we're still missing uh, a handful our goal is to get them all before the night is over you know we'll get to Craig Dutton in just a moment uh, we'll also have our resident referee Bo Anderson as well but right now I want to go to what should be a, a tired run down broadcasting <laughs> crew WFGHFM uh, and they're Williamson just getting started at the Fieldhouse and this was the easy day of the two at the Hatfield McCoy Shootout. Jo- Jordan Mounts and Joey Dawes join us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia, aka Buckets. Joey Buckets, that's right. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? A uh, little hoarse,
25: a little tired, but uh, I think we'll manage. How you gonna How, how you gonna handle tomorrow? You got more games. You got like twice as many games tomorrow as you had today. Oh, get a good night's sleep, a large cup of coffee, and uh, I think we'll be okay by about 10 a.m. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's a quick turnaround for the
1: teams. It's also a quick turnaround for the broadcasters, and, of course, we always look out for the broadcasters. So, here. how
25: was the crowd tonight? You know, uh, honestly, the crowd was pretty good, honestly. There was a lot of teams down here that were well-represented and traveled well, especially uh, as the evening kind of drew on. Uh, first game, a little bit small at the beginning, but uh, there toward the end as more pe- people started coming in. Actually, not not too bad of a crowd. Let's
1: go in reverse order of the when these games ended. We'll start with the game that just concluded. Phelps defeated Mingo Central tonight 50-39. to 39. Um, Mingo Central still looking for its first victory.
25: Yeah, you know, that's a that's a kind of a hard a hard thing there with Mingo Central um losing so much talent, you know, Jeremy Dillon going on to uh uh Marshall University there on, and then on top of that uh Drew Hatfield uh leaving and going to Logan High School, um losing their coach in Kevin Hatfield, but uh and and also uh losing a, a very talented eighth grader coming up and Drew's younger brother Devin, uh who I just happened to share a birthday with as a little side fact, but uh no, nonetheless uh I tell you what, those uh, uh, losing that much talent is tough for any team. And then uh, with a the new head coach, Stan Elkins, great head coach, great guy, Stan Elkins. But uh, you know, it's, I, I honestly, I can honestly see this Mingo Central team. We, we saw them grow up, especially in the second half of today's game. Um, they only scored two points in the second quarter. Um, the second half, honestly, I think Joey and I were both saying that if they had maybe one more quarter, it could have been the opposite way here on the scoreboard.
1: So a win tonight for Phelps-Kentucky over Mingo Central. The game before that, Hurricane defeating Tug Valley by 11. Now, none of these games were single-digit games today. Uh, we talked with Hurricane uh, Coach Lance Sutherland just a few moments ago. Scott also beat Westside earlier, 71-57. Um, Wyoming East beat South Charleston, 60-44. to So while you haven't had a game go down to the wire, you've still had some highly competitive basketball games.
25: You know, I agree with you. And the, the Tug Valley versus Hurricane game—that was uh, that was a good game to watch. Um, you had a Triple A team versus a Single A team. Tug Valley, a little bit of a reputation of being a Triple A killer at times. Uh, years past, they've knocked off South Charleston right here at the uh, Hatfield McCoy Shootout, as well as some other very talented teams. But you know, today it just wasn't meant to be. Hurricanes team, very talented team, a well-rounded team. Uh, a very fundamental team, uh, very fun to watch. And, you know, there was one crucial call there at the very end of the game. Could have gone either way. It was a, a, a blocking foul uh, called against Tug Valley. Uh, Could have gone either way, um, and that, that killed a a, a run uh, that Tug Valley was on. Um, they had it down to five points, and with that, Hurricane was able to stretch it back to seven, and then it just kind of went up from there. So, yeah, you I'll know, give those kids from, credit, uh, from Hurricane a lot of credit. Very talented basketball team. Of course, full day of games
1: tomorrow. You and Joey Doss will be, uh, yeah, definitely uh, hydrate well and be prepared for uh, doing a lot of talking
25: tomorrow. Absolutely. But, you know, this is one, of the, one weekend that I think we all look forward to, all of us as, as sports fans look forward to, because uh, there's a lot of quality basketball and a very historic venue, the Williamson Fieldhouse here as well.
1: Sure is. Jordan Mounts, Joey Doss, WFGH-FM in Williamson tonight, but WFGH-FM uh, located out of Tulsa High School. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy
25: day two of the Hatfield-McCoy shootout tomorrow. All righty, guys. Thanks for having us on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll hopefully hear from you here next week. Sounds good. And, uh, Did you notice uh, he didn't even
4: let
1: Joey even speak? Joey's still <laughs> in high school, so, you know, <laughs> it's like he has to earn his wings here a little bit more sometimes. Does a great job. He, he does a great job. He absolutely does. And uh, we appreciate all the volunteers who help us out here. And uh, wherever they may end up uh, helping us out along the way, be it in the Williamson Fieldhouse or be it behind us here in the studios of WMUL and the Marshall University uh, School of Journalism and Mass Communications in Huntington, where this show emanates from each and every Friday night through the basketball season. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to our standout athlete of the week. We'll also have Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville, formerly of WRL, WR.
12: <laughs>
4: W-R-R, yeah, that's right.
1: And our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Sometime tonight. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. Also, hey, power ratings coming
6: up a little bit later, too. This is Basketball Friday Night on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with a combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and the game score Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC streaming video live from the studios at marshall university visit basketballnight.com for video audio and the basketball friday night scoreboard Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. It takes just one click to watch. You can listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And you can go to our affiliates page and find a station nearest you. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Our newest Twitter followers tonight, just a few moments ago, Renee Davidson joined us, Bo, Austin Womack. We appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Once again, follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
6: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Eleven twenty on this Basketball Friday
1: Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Coach Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you here with us. Uh, as always, from 9 to midnight on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, all across the past Race Force Network. occurred. From the, basically the entirety of West Virginia, there are a couple little holes. We're still working on that, um, but of course you can always go to basketballnight.com and pick us up that way. And um, you know, there, there's always a way to be involved with this show and to uh, to get to listen to this show as well. So we're we're grateful for all of you who have uh, decided to spend your Friday evening with us. We'll talk with Bo Anderson, a resident referee, in just a moment. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville. We'll talk with him in just a moment about the Tyler Consolidated Ritchie County Boys game. Uh, we'll also get an update on the power ratings. Hot off the press. We'll do that in a moment with Marcus Constantino. But first, let's go to our standout athlete of the week. A junior at Riverview High School. Member of the Lady Raider girls basketball team the Raiders girls basketball team uh, they, they had a tough loss tonight but they've had a good start to the season and she's a player that her own coach calls a frustratingly really good athlete that's Madison Blankenship she joins us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia Madison congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week thank you and uh, just tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, playing for Coach Justice and uh, for Gary Justice down at, at Riverview. And um, just what's it like uh, – what, what's he like to play for on the bench? Uh,
24: he's a really great coach, and he supports us really good. And he helps us as
1: much as he can. Now, I understand that you had um, ankle surgery over uh, – in, in the off season. Uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, what led up to that and and how how you were able to rehab and get ready to play basketball this year.
24: Uh, I had a lot of repetitive sprains and rolls, and it got bad. So we just kind of went to the doctor, and he said that I needed to have it done. And it was a tough recovery.
1: And I understand that uh, your nickname is Mouse. Now, where did that come from? Uh, my mama gave it to me when I was born <laughs> some things stick, don't they yeah <laughs> um you know tough tough loss tonight uh for Riverview, but again, a fantastic start to this season uh falling tonight sixty six thirty two to Wyoming east uh they're obviously really good, but your team seven and six you've been in a lot of tight games throughout the course of the year um just tell me a little bit about uh, you know playing against somebody the caliber of Wyoming East and how that prepares you for what is a very difficult uh, area to try to get out of and try to get to the state tournament. Well, our coaches always said you got
24: to play better to
1: get better. Madison Blankenship, our standout athlete of the week from Riverview High School. And uh, Madison, one last question before we let you go. Um, Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the activities you're involved with out, off the court. Uh, I play
24: volleyball, and also play softball, and I'm in a lot of advanced classes.
1: Well, we certainly wish you the best of luck moving forward. Madison Blankenship, Jr. from Riverview, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
24: Bye-bye.
1: Okay, All right, that's our standout athlete of the week, Madison Blankenship of Riverview. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville, joins us now. He had the Tyler Consolidated-Ritchie County boys game now. Craig, sometimes they tell me that you go to games and then you didn't. You just know about them. Uh, was this a game that you attended tonight?
26: <laughs> I was actually there tonight, yes. Right. I had three games this week on WXCR, so it's been a busy week. And tonight's game capped off a four-game win streak for the Tyler Consolidated boys. They stand at 8-3 and three on the season. Head coach Stephen Utter told me they cannot lose another game until they get to that stretch with the St. Mary's. Uh, they've got St. Mary's Ravenswood. They've got a few games towards the tail end of the season. They're going to be tough and well-determined, you know, what kind of uh, mold this Silver Knight team is made of. And right now they're starting to learn that this senior guard and Griffin Phillips, who's also the starting quarterback for them all throughout football season, He's starting to take leadership in a whole new level. He has averaged well near 37, maybe 40 points in the last four games. And tonight he set the single-game record for Tyler Consolidated High School in points per game. He broke Matt Boggs' record from 1997 of 45 points. He broke it tonight at Ritchie County with 46. So, very impressive uh, evening for the senior Griffin Phillips. And that has now catapulted uh, Tyler into a situation where they're starting to run on offense. Coach Nutter still says defense is one thing they really want to work on because um, they're trying to catch up to where St. Mary's is right now in their guard play. But it's been a, it's been a busy week. Tyler girls suffered a loss at Williamstown yesterday. We had that broadcast as well. And Josie Jones, senior for the Lady Knights and the loss, uh, did get her thousand point in that game as well.
1: So, a win tonight for the Tower Consolidated Boys, and they put up 86 uh, in that win over Ritchie County, 86 73. And another big performance you mentioned, Griffin Phillips, 46 points uh, to set the school record. We had two players now that set school records for points in a game tonight, uh, along with greater wow. Beckley Christians, Jay Moore, who had 58 tonight and didn't hit a three among them. Um,
26: yeah. Just Phillips a, only had one three tonight, too. Yes. So that's really unique about that.
1: So they combined to score 104 points, and they made one three between them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of that? baskets. You, fundamental
26: basketball. <laughs> that's fundamental basketball.
1: <laughs> sure is. Sure is. And uh, Craig, thanks so much for waiting in there with us tonight. We we greatly appreciate
26: oh. it. Oh, no problem real quick big shout out to scott northcraft leaving as my broadcast partner and operations manager he takes a job at westwood one starting tuesday in Denver, colorado and also um i had something else real quick st mary's lost to Peyton city and girls tonight 46 to 28 if i last checked on score screen so i don't know how accurate that is but it sends shockwaves i'm surprised that St. Mary's was limited to twenty-eight points. If that's true tonight in girls' play,
1: uh, we we will do our best to track down verification of that one. Yeah, tonight. Craig, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks you too. And uh,
4: and Scott leaving—that's going to be—you know—he's been a big part yeah. of our show over over the past few years. Yeah, you know. yeah
1: we'll certainly miss Scott Northcraft uh, as well as he moves into uh, Colorado and Westwood One. Uh, going big Ruggins, time, yeah. Yeah, West One's good good network. network. Um, Time for our uh, power ratings, and over at the score desk, Marcus Constantino has been hard at work on these, and uh, we'll give him just a moment here to, to, to get it fine-tuned. finalized, <laughs> fine-tuned, to get everything just right as he puts it together for us, and
0: I believe he's ready now. Marcus, have at it. Thank you for giving me that second Ryan we have 3 lead changes today in the Basketball basketballnight.com power rating starting in girls AAA the Greenbrier East Spartans are 11 and 1 and continue to be at the top of AAA the Parkersburg Big Reds coming in at number 2 South Charleston Black Eagles are 9 and 1 at number 3 Wheeling Park moves up one spot uh, they're 10 and 2 the Patriots are at number 4 Cabell Midland comes in uh, moving up one spot to number 5 moving on to girls double A. The Fairmont Senior Polar Bears move up two spots uh, to claim the top spot in girls double A. North Marion moves up three spots moving into number two. James Monroe Mavericks drop down one into number three. Uh, the Wyoming East Warriors uh, are 10-2 and two, coming in at number four. And finally the Wayne Pioneers round out the top five now into girls single A. The St. Joseph Central Lady Irish are 11-1 way off in number one with Parkersburg Catholic coming in at number two. The Magnolia Blue Eagles um, are eight and two, coming in at number three. Pocahontas County is number four. And finally, the Madonna Blue Dawns round out the top five. Moving on to the boys. BasketballNight.com power ratings. Uh, the University Hawks jump up two spots to number one in Triple-A. Martinsburg Bulldogs, meanwhile, drop one spot. Uh, the Bulldogs are 10-0 and 0 at number two. The Morgantown Mohegans are eight and 3 at number 3 they drop one as well. George Washington Patriots move up two spots into number 4. The Hurricane Redskins are hanging tight at number 5. In class AA, the Chapmanville Tigers are 10 and 1 at number 1. Fairmont Senior is 8 and 1 at number 2. The Bluefield Beavers are still undefeated at 8 and 0 and are at number 3. Shady Spring uh, is at the fourth spot and the Logan Wildcats move up three spots to break in to the top five and finally the class single eight basketball night.com power ratings Webster County moves up into the top spot the Highlanders are 10 and0 uh, crossing the century tonight uh, century mark tonight definitely helped them um, move into number one Notre Dame is eight and one falling to number two willing Central Catholic is five and four at number three uh, they move up five spots to take the third spot Trinity Christian moves up one into number four and South Harrison falls one into the number five spot. That's the BasketballNight.com power ratings. They'll be posted in just a moment at BasketballNight.com.
1: Thank you very much, Marcus. Before we go to break, and before we, uh, we'll, we'll have Bo Anderson after the break. Maybe. Um, yeah, no, I promise this time he will be on after the break. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, it was it just came out this week. Chase Johnson, former Ripley standout, went to the University of Florida. Uh, Has been injured and and setting out, had decided to transfer. He will go to Dayton, uh, so the University of Dayton Flyers, where he will be coached by Anthony Grant and assistant coach Donnie Jones, Point Pleasant native. Interesting. It all ties together, Joe, <laughs> all
4: along the Ohio, the banks
1: of the Ohio River. It will, it will always tie together some way, somehow. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, our resident referee will be out of queue and on the air. We're going to turn
6: him loose. When basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network, basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Congratulations tonight to Madison Blankenship. Riverside Raiders, she joins R.J. Klein from the Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, and Jordan Kish from the Chapmanville Tigers. What they all had in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. you got a few minutes left to vote, in this week's poll, should teams be required to play each of their sectional opponents at least once during the regular season? Give us a yes or no tonight, and before the end of the show, we'll let you know what the results are. Of course, join us on Twitter... At hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Big thank you to Lins, Tristan Burgess, Dustin Griffith, Kimmy. Wide men can't jump. Yes, wide men can't jump. Tyler Mitchum, Mark Harper, and Trenton Barnhart. They joined us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup.
6: high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.34 on the program as we continue
1: along basketball Friday night in West Virginia. You can check us out on the internet, online, our website, com, <laughs> YouTube. Facebook. Yeah, just type us in Twitter. somewhere, we'll show up. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> That's facets. kind of how it works. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. And, again, it's hard to believe that we're in our sixth season doing this program. We started this in December of 2013, and here we are in January of 2019. Instead of moving
2: up to the penthouse, we started upstairs and... We've moved down to our nice digs that we have now. Remember. Like you said, great thanks to Marshall University, WMUL, for putting up with us for six years. Remember our first uh, logoed sign? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, uh, it, it was
2: similar to that it, one. Not like
1: this. <laughs> and it was taped to the front of the uh, public affairs table at, uh, in the classroom studio of WMUL. And the next thing I knew, we were down here in the TV studio with like the hammer Stanley, living up to his nickname and building a set. This is the second set, actually. Yes. Yeah. So actually, this is our third overall if you okay. count the well, classroom okay. and our right. second one down here. And um, we, we have, a, from we have a
2: satellite set now.
1: Yeah, we have a satellite With the score set. desk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Marcus keeping keeping the score desk just locked keep down.
4: Expand and keep growing. Yes. You, you can't
1: see Marcus right now. No. No. It's no. good. No. <laughs> We have a live living cameraman in here as well. Live living both. Have to sometimes. I have to pinch myself sometimes. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we, we have come a long way. We're so thankful for all the people in the back. You know, one of the other people that we're thankful for uh, uh, you know, are the people who call in regularly and uh, you know, are just kind of part of the basketball night family. One of those is our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Who? Hey, you know it says he's only been on hold for three minutes. So I don't uh, let, No, It's yeah. closer to six zero, <laughs> maybe sixty three minutes. He's been on hold for a while. He joins us on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We almost had to expand Saturday to get Bo on the show. <laughs> Welcome in, Bo.
4: Hello, Bo. Wake up, Bo.
1: Oh no, Bo's falling asleep on us. <laughs>
4: I can hear him laughing. He's breathing. I know that. <laughs> there he is. Hey, I'm
10: like I say, I'm used to those midnight specials.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll just jump right into it. Here's something that, uh, I, that was relayed to me. So this is secondhand, and I apologize if I don't get this situation lined out exactly right. But um, high school basketball game, foul called on a shot. The shot goes in, but the official – Maybe doesn't see it, or it just doesn't register that the ball went in, and the, the bookkeepers don't notice that he's giving two shots instead of one, and um, you know, he, no one really notices until the shooter takes the ball to shoot for the second time, takes the free throw, and it's missed, and the ball's back live into play. That's when the mistake is noted. When would the clock keeper hit the horn to get your attention that you know something strange happened there where he was getting two shots and not getting credit for the basket that
12: went in?
10: Well, that's I mean that's part of a correctable error. That's uh, shooting a uh, free throw that shouldn't have been shot. Also part of the correctable error of very honestly counting or canceling a goal. And uh, so therefore again, uh the correctable error for the shot would be live ball, clock started, dead ball get it in. So you were within that time frame to do so. Uh and also within that time frame to correct that the basket had went in and uh you know, you you have an opportunity there that you can do that. That that horn uh should be hit, you know, whenever the opportunity it's not while the ball's rolling loose, but You know, the opportunity to kill the play uh, when the team that that has, you know, gets possession of the ball or, you know, the coach can request, you know, go and hit the horn to request a timeout for the correctable error. So that that was a correctable error situation is what that was.
12: Rick
1: Marone can hit the horn? No. (laughs) No, He'd be hitting the horn on every point. (laughs) He parked up over here. He's like,
10: What? Uh, uh, no, he can go to the score's table and request a, a, you know, a timeout for a corrective wear. At that point in time, when there's the opportunity to do so, they can hit the horn and say, wait a minute, we have a corrective wear. It's just got to be done within the time frame of live ball, clock started, dead ball, get a 10. on so that dead ball situation, they can blow the horn and say, wait a minute, uh, back there, that shot shouldn't have been taken, and you know, we go from there. But um, you know that I mean that's also a correctable situation with the air honestly, counting or canceling the goal whenever it, you know, the, the basket should have counted. Somebody should have known that the ball went in. I'm not sure what everybody was looking at, but um, <laughs> fair <you> know, <laughs> I'm not. You know, the, the, you know, in, a, in our scenario, the person that that's what we call the lead official, which is underneath the basket. Really, unless the fouls occur and then the shot goes in, he may not know. And that's where the trail in two-man or the trail in center in three-man should have helped pick up because they're responsible for the fly of the ball and the ball going in, basket interference and goaltending. Um, so, you know, those two guys, if it was a three-man crew, should have somebody should have known the ball went in.
1: One other situation that I saw over the past week, um, and this one I saw in person, um, player was preparing to throw a lead pass up ahead from behind half court and uh... it was on the run so there's a lot of movement Every, like, everybody's in, a, in a, almost a sprint at the time so that, that doesn't help things But um, goes up to make the pass the ball is deflected directly in front of the passer who then runs it down and goes to throw it forward the two officials who are basically lined up both the trail official and the lead official neither call anything but the third official on the opposite side of the floor calls a travel is it possible for the officials then to get together realize that the ball was tipped and it should not have been a walk and then to start you know an inbounds play from where the play was interrupted
10: oh well on a, on a play like that you know that that's trying to overrule a violation or a foul and that that rarely will happen um, you know, that, that ends up being, you know, cause you could, <laughs> if you did that, you'd be doing it on every play in some scenarios. Uh, and in that case, in some cases, uh, in between the lead and the trail official across the court, the center official actually has that in between, even though it's a farther away distance for him and out of his normal, uh, primary, every, uh, you know, coverage area uh He can actually help and take that plan. A lot of times he has a better view of that. But uh, in the scenario of calling traveling, nah, I mean, you know, you pretty much you are not going to overrule uh, another official on a traveling call. I mean, there's things we can do. We can uh, talk about uh, if someone uh, touched the ball last on an out-of-bounds, we can go give information. Uh, or we, if we have some type of foul, we can talk about. You know, if we have a double whistle, and somebody has one thing and someone has something else, but uh, going out and, and and ruling or overruling on on uh, judgment calls like that, now we we don't we don't normally do that.
13: All right, Bo,
1: I, I know that you you hung in there with us tonight. <laughs> You were the Iron Man of the night. You just barely beat out Randy Lee, who I believe was in studio with us for about forty-five minutes before we took him. You were at least an hour or three before we took you to air. Stop
4: by and get your trophy. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> no, we're gonna. Be, I'm just gonna tell Bo we're gonna have a nice big meal here after, and we'll uh, yeah you know eat a bite or two in his honor tonight. How's that?
4: There you go. Dinner
16: well, in his honor. You know honor. I'm
10: home. You know I'm home. I'm not far from there. <laughs>
1: well, I'm there you know, I'm
10: Surprised you guys.
1: Well, we'll we'll put security out to make sure we're all right here. (laughs) Hey, Bo, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
10: All right. Well, uh, guys, again, I enjoyed it, and uh, you guys have a good week. I hope we were talking about shortage of officials. I hope there's not a big bunch of snow tomorrow because it will change a lot of games, and it will mess things completely up. (laughs)
1: Sure will. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, we've got to step aside take our final break. When we come back, our poll question, our poll results, cause time, and then dinner. This is Basketball (laughs) Friday
6: Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Online, all of them in
7: West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including some of our newest affiliates 105 KQV, WKQV, and Cowan. 106.5 FM, and heard. In Braxton County on 106.9 FM 103.7 Jack FM WQWV in Fisher The Valley's Watchdog 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville Jackson County's Home for Southern Gospel Singing News Radio 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley nights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 740 AM 106.5 Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM 95 The Sports Fox WBES in Charleston 950 AM The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Henton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP and Clay. 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington. 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne. 90.7 FM WFGH 4K. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington.
6: basketball around the mountain state. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now back to your hosts: Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Eppley.
1: Yeah, we're moving on up. here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Eppley, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, with you. Yeah. That, that, that kind of. That kind of parks you out, Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got 15 more minutes to go here or less than that now. But, you know, it's been the fastest three hours oh, in radio yes. that lives up to it. Uh, I haven't let Coach Marone say much of anything tonight. Um, I've been restrained. <laughs> I haven't let Joe speak as much as I should have tonight. I do apologize both of you for that. It's not that I'm saying here going. No, you will not talk. Me and Joey, God, me and Joey no. Buckets are on the same uh,
12: <laughs> speaking plan. Yeah,
1: I, I, you know, I was, I was waiting on him to say anything when we had Joey and uh, Jordan. Jordan
4: on and. Uh, I never heard Joey say a word. <laughs> I, I can see him just sitting there, and here's Jordan. You know, this <laughs> <laughs> nah. but,
1: uh, no, they do a fantastic job with uh, with what they're doing at the uh, Hatfield McCoy shootout. So. Uh, maybe next week we'll we'll turn Joey Buckets loose a little bit more. You, you know, see how that goes. Who
2: gets a nickname? I mean, uh, he's been to a couple Joey? Of shows. And he's got even probably the coolest nickname other than the Hammer. Yeah, <laughs> or Big Daddy, or, or Big. Well, true. I mean, you've got if the you Big just keep Daddy following along, there's, like, there's levels below that,
1: and then there's uh, the future governor Kyle Powers. Yes, and Marcus. I don't have anything for Marcus. Sorry. <laughs> Marcus is just stuck over at the score desk by himself right now. You know, before we get to cause time, it's time to wrap up our poll question. As well as get the new one for this week, and with that is Marcus.
0: Thanks, Ryan. I think I came in second place, talking the least on this show today, uh, just behind Buckets. So, uh, which, by the way, Ryan, that uh, Buckets comes from his email address. Uh, it's Joey Bucket something rather. Uh, so that, that's where that comes from. But, uh, anyways, moving on to our poll question. This week's question was this past week's question: Should teams be required to play each of their sectional opponents at least once during the regular season. 83% of voters said yes, uh, they should have to. Only 17% of voters said no. Now this week's poll question, is it okay for a coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game? Yes or no? You can go to basketballnight.com and cast your vote until 11.45 p.m. next week. P.O. (laughs)
1: <laughs> thank you very much Mark Wow we, we joke around Marcus does such a great job with everything behind the scenes, so does uh, Mike the hammer uh, yeah Mike the hammer Stanley from Hamlin. He was the Hamlin hammer originally oh it 's been shortened oh, okay. to uh, to just the hammer. he can fix anything around here Dr. Chuck Bailey um, Fred Dameron. Yeah, Fred Dameron. My goodness, yeah, I could go. It's a cast of thousands, and I'll forget someone. I always do.
4: (laughs) Real quickly, Coach, uh, our poll question, your thoughts.
2: I, I'm old school. Gentleman's agreement uh, is the way it was always handled before. And, you know, you can always uh, try and trade film. It's almost like football is. A lot of times now, even coaches of teams we play are willing to exchange, and I'm willing to trade with anybody uh, that's out trying to work and get better. So I think it should go through the proper channels. That's just my old school mentality. But with technology nowadays, we've had film sent to us on YouTube somebody does their games on YouTube, which is obviously open to the public, and somebody sends a link to us, and you've got film on an opponent. I, I think it's almost a moot point at this point, but I'll be real interested to see how the, how the fans react to our poll question to see what they think. So you're saying, and we've got to get
1: to cause like yeah. right after this, but you're saying basically no one's going to see you roll up with a production truck. and like.
4: <laughs> but the I've the seen some high up. schools with some pretty no. elaborate equipment, you know.
2: <laughs> or the one in your hat like they use on those investigative shows, you know. So if, if you can see Cole one of the pal players yeah. on the floor if with Coach a – Coach Marone has a random <laughs> lapel. Yeah, that doesn't,
1: Cop doesn't cam. fit with anything else. He's, wear, he's wearing it on a polo shirt for no reason. Then you know. <laughs> I'm going for a body cam. I'm going to buy a body cam. There you go. Hey, you know what? It's COS time. We're running short on time. but I, I've got some fun time to talk about COS tonight. Rick has lost. In the time. Time. Rick has lost. Make a scream and shout.
22: rock, rock, and roll. rock. rock, rock. rock, rock. rock. rock.
6: rock. We pop.
15: Out. Welcome to the show, Rick. We're going to You
1: know, before we get into, you know, fun discussions on life and whatever else comes up, what a basketball game I watched earlier this week, and what a strange conclusion. It was a college game. You may have watched some of it, or at least be aware of it. Uh, Creighton had a three-point lead with the ball with eight-tenths of a second left, throwing the ball in underneath... Um, the opposing basket, the, 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 the baskets that they defend, eight-tenths of a second left. All they have to do is just touch the ball somewhere in bounds, and basically there's no time for Marquette to get the ball back and score. They decide to throw the ball down the floor, and Creighton doesn't touch it. It goes out of bounds on the opposite end, which means it comes back to the original spot. Marquette throws it in, hits a three at the buzzer, forces overtime, and Marquette wins the game. Wow. Coz, how much did
16: you enjoy that? I would have enjoyed it more had I been able to watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well you gotta pay the uh, T V cable bill. Uh,
16: well, unfortunately well, I, I have that uh, channel in my in my home. Unfortunately, we were sitting in the office and I couldn't watch neither that game nor the West Virginia game. Because, uh, well. of, you know, whatever the, the, the deals are, we don't have those stations on our cable in the office. And I just was like, uh, well, I was trying to follow both on Twitter, and I, and I was thankful that I was able to, to get kind of information from a couple of people. Uh, but, yeah, that game, wow. And, and it turns out uh, Marcus Howard... 53 points, the second 50 point game of the season and I was so hoping I was so hoping to go watch Marquette play Georgetown on Tuesday in D.C. However, I have this this marvelous thing going on in, in my world called Fury Duty. <laughs> oh, no! no. <laughs>
12: <laughs> yes! Yes. Yes.
4: <laughs> but you're a reporter, and you know everybody in that part of the state, and they still made you serve.
16: Well, I'm. Um, I have to like call every night to see if I have to show up.
4: <laughs> you don't know That's the judge. To, you don't know the judge to get
16: out of it. Well, I actually know a couple of the judges, and it's like, yeah, I I can like, show up, and if my number gets called and they start asking me questions, I can probably like get out of it? Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to go if, if, if the information from the night before comes in. So I'm just like, well, isn't this just wonderful?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rick, let me put it this way. I work at a television station that is uh, well-watched. People know the people at the, at the station who have been there a long time. A lot of them have. It's, it's a legacy station. Um, two of my co-workers who are on-air and have been for about, you know, one of them has been on air for
4: 30 years, was called for jury duty and couldn't get out of it. <laughs> I was told I had to do my civic duty. <laughs> and the judge was a good friend of mine to boot. That's what made it even worse.
1: <laughs> hey, I, I guess that's part of adulting. Uh, it'll, it, I'll, I'll get summons at some point or another if I'm around long enough. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet. Coach Row, you've been... It is our civic duty, as I roll my eyes right
2: now. (laughs) Coach Marone, you ever find somebody guilty? (laughs) <laughs> I have not been on jury duty, but I tell you, in inter- this year our football coach in midseason got called federal for federal jury duty. <laughs> he, I mean, it was a real—I mean, it's it's humorous on one well, hand, you but can't it, do anything about no, it. No, it was middle of the season; they had to move practices back till six and seven <laughs> in the evening, and he had to get late to one of the games. It was a road game, so it, it's 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 a pain. <laughs> this is what I love about
1: cause time on Basketball Friday night. We have talked about Creighton basketball
4: and
16: jury duty. What else
4: is on
1: your and mind I, I, got
16: some, I And I have some great really genius stories from a previous time I got called. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, once you get on their list, it's hard to get off.
16: Well, I, I, the, the first time I got called was, uh, you know, like, I don't know, 15 or 16 years ago. And they were having this big trial, some kind of big civil trial. and I'm not sure exactly what it was all about but one of the attorneys was the husband of my boss at the time. <laughs> and I told the judge, I said, you know, I get, my number gets called as we're sitting there listening, the judge says to me, uh, have you listened to all the questions? Is there something that might be a concern? I'm like, well, yes, Your Honor. I said, the attorney for the plaintiff is the husband of my boss at the newspaper. And I have coached his son in soccer for about 10 years, so I'm very familiar with the family. And the judge says, says, well, would that, do you think that would preclude you from, you know, being an an honest juror? I said, well, Your Honor, I said, I am a newspaper reporter, so I am obliged to be objective. However, I said, the other attorney on the other side just filed, he and his wife just filed a lawsuit trying to get... Their daughter in the National Arts Society in high school. I think it's just kind of ridiculous. And I think the guy's ridiculous. So I like the uh, like. I don't know how I can listen to what he would have to say. Just get out of here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you convinced him though. It's it's just fascinating
1: how life works. And, uh, but uh, Rick, we've got a minute left
4: here. Our, our time just
1: like I saw, I, saw, I saw
16: a good basketball game tonight.
4: Yeah. Did you find out why some adults were mad or aggravated
16: or? I don't know, but I looked at the guy and wanted to say something to him, except I wanted to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> he was one mean looking dude. And this guy was hollering for illegal screams against the team that was playing defense. <laughs> No, not, not the offensive team. The team was playing defense, and he's screaming for illegal screens.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean,
12: yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to okay. say about yeah. it. <laughs>
16: uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> okay, and I, I, I really did want to say something. I look back at him, I'm like, okay, he's a little too big. He's a little too mean-looking. Awesome. I have a story to write. I have a phone call to make for the radio show. I'm not going to
1: say a thing. I like how we're right up there with I have a wife (laughs) and children and a phone call to make for a radio show. All right. Hey, Rick.
16: That's the most important thing I do Friday nights, right?
1: Absolutely. absolutely. Rick, thanks so much for joining us, and we are out of time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the fastest three hours in radio once again living up to that moniker tonight. We thank Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. For his time. Also, want to quickly mention before we go, Emily Riggs of Bridgeport scored her 1,000th career point tonight in a 57-41 loss to North Marion. All scores on at hoops underscore roundup and basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Good night.
0: Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.